Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. Otis Mineral Glass Eyewear. Born on the rugged, surf-rich coast of Western Australia, they create sunglasses that look good, last the distance, and complement an eclectic lifestyle. Mineral glass lenses, environmentally friendly, scratch resistance with perfect clarity. Otis Eco Acetate is made from resources widely found in nature like cotton seeds and plant matter using natural non-fossil fuel binders. That means the acetate part of our frames is non-toxic, recyclable, and certified biodegradable. Otis Glasses is beautiful. Bonsai bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai bowls, go get some. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Wave Key is the world's most comprehensive land-based sensory surf discipline. The brainchild of former world number one surfer Brad Gerlach. Wave Key's martial arts-like focus on slow, precise land-based movements embed powerful surfing patterns and fundamental technique for surfers of all levels. WaveKey is a land-based program allowing you to achieve a heightened focus on the movements as you practice. The effects of this are amplified when the practice begins to subliminally emerge in your surfing. It takes time for this to happen, but when it does, your surfing improves dramatically. Brad Gerlach is front and center in all aspects of the unique WaveKey course, presenting recorded videos, live session videos, Q&As, and insightful expert notes. Nuggets of gold that you simply won't find anywhere else. Wave key for the love of surfing. Late night with Chalky podcast listeners get 10% off. Use Chalky Wave Key. C H O C C Y W A V E K I. Late night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. That always has to yell. Why do you have to shake always your head? Always has to yell. That's right. Yeah. Kind of startled me. Yeah. Kind of See? Got, yeah. You guys are all quiet. And like, not, not even. I'm not awake. I'm going to wake you up. I love I'm, your intros, bro. You're taking us into the outer known. Hey, our, <laughs> our guest this week uh, had a start at Quicksilver sponsorship at 14. At 17, he got his first job from DK, Danny Kwok, and from there it was history. This guy has a laundry list of jobs throughout his incredible career. 
and they're impressive. I know I'm going to miss a few, but here it goes. Customer service, nightclub promoter, surf team manager, senior vice president of global events and brand management. Saw that from somewhere. Music, <laughs> band manager, vice president of marketing, CEO, and co-founder of Hurley. There's no BS with this guy. He's a straight shooter. He's one of the most feared and appreciated personalities in our business. True that. Yeah. We welcome Paul, Chief. Gomez Agobez. Thanks, guys. Uh, I Dude, so welcome missed to the show, man. It's, it's bizarre sitting here with you guys. I'm just looking at Jay. I was because he was he was late. Yeah, I just knew he was. You were Lardog. Lardog for a long time. For a Still long, am. Yeah. yeah, and then it was, and then Linden's just been the the happy-go-lucky loud guy. He used to be at HSS and then yeah. everywhere else after that. So yeah. it's just cool to actually sit down with you guys. I see you guys at. I don't really see you much anymore. No. I run into him to, at certain surf events when I decide to actually show up at one. Yeah. I think yeah. the last one was the IPD. Yeah. That launch. was fun. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. I've seen you on Main Street a couple times. Yeah, I'll cruise down to Main Street and have, and have um, breakfast with Scotty. Stop now. Yeah. yeah. I really love what Scotty's doing. Yeah. I think everything he's doing is super cool. Yeah. We've been meaning to get him on the show too, so. I know. It's, it's you know. so many people. There, there is, and we go through this list, and we make lists, and it's all about, you know, trying to choreograph and get people, and everybody's schedule's busy, but yeah. um, we're just stoked that you're here. You know, you've been yeah. on the hit list for a long time. and um, Pioneer. Yeah. And, Pioneer. Uh, high, school, high school dropout. High school dropout. Yeah. Pioneer. Yeah. That's I always I always tell people, um, the, the what made me drop out of high school was my friend John Hume, who was actually on the cover of Surfing Magazine. I grew up in La Habra, and it's funny because Edie's- La Habra. La Habra. And then you on Ed's podcast, his dad's from Montebello. I was born at Montebello Presbyterian, <laughs> so I grew up inland. I didn't grow up at the beach. I didn't have the blessing yeah. of growing up at the beach. I grew up in a full, you know, cholo neighborhood, like gangsters, the whole thing. So for us as kids, we got into skateboarding. Yeah. And then my dad took me to Concrete Wave, which was at Disneyland. It's an old skateboard park. These were right below Disneyland. You could skate there, and then at nine o'clock the fireworks would go out. The whole thing would get smoked out. Yeah. And I was like a little kid skateboarding. And then I had another friend whose dad took me surfing when I was 12. That was your first time surfing? Yeah, like 12. And, and were was, they avid like surfers or they just go every once no, in a while? No, he liked to surf. His son liked to surf, my friend Eric. And he, he lives up. He's a principal, yeah. which is funny. Um, but he liked to surf. And my brother was a bodyboarder. And I loved skateboarding. Yeah. So surfing was that next transition. I, I couldn't paddle to save my life, but I could surf. And then a lot of people say the testimonial of like, Danny Kwok and all those guys who did this stuff. The guy who actually really kind of put everyone on the map is a guy named Paul Heastenstam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Paul Heastenstam, I ran into him at the um, at the boardroom show. Nice. And because um, everyone forgets the Brotherhood. Yeah. So remember the arms of the Brotherhood. Yeah. That was that was Paul Heastenstam and Russell and those guys in Newport, Newport Beach. Surfing yeah. Sport, right? Newport Surfing Sport. So myself and Paul just looked at the kids who kind of surfed Newport in that area. And, and when I was fourteen. So wait. So you're from La Habra. That principal dad took you surfing. No, my friend's dad was a SWAT guy. Oh, he's a SWAT guy. He's a SWAT guy. And yeah. that first day surfing, like, it, did it take you a couple times to learn how to surf? No, I kind of had the transition because skateboarding. Skateboarding, helped. we didn't street skate. It was all pools and transitions, yeah. or going yeah. down hills, or carving. Yeah, yeah. And you looked at surf mags, so you like everyone wanted to do the Burt Revert. That was the hot thing you wanted to do on a skateboard yeah. on a yeah. curb, and you looked at all these kind of things. And as you looked at the, you know that whole era of like Greg Weaver and those guys coming up and then you started seeing guys going to the polls Jay Adams and Tony Alves who are just, they're just a couple years older than I am you kind of saw that era and it was really interesting to get to work with those guys Okay, it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself 
Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Know those guys and, and be with Jay, you know, so close to Jay at the very, you know, last part of his life was yeah. amazing for me. Yeah, and legend. I just think it's like the whole thing, like a lot of like Mike Estrada's from La Habra. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, Mike, Mike Stra- and Dave Estrada. Yeah, they're both what from La Habra. They're both from La Habra. There's um, Jeff Parker was from La Habra. No way. Yeah, Jeff Parker's from Ho- yeah. La Habra too. Yeah, Jeff Parker. A lot of a lot wow. of the good surfers came from inland. John Hume, La Habra. He's on the cover of Surfing Magazine. So there's a lot. It was because La Habra the straight shot to Huntington Beach, Beach Boulevard, straight up. Yeah, it was straight shot. So you just got on the bus and went straight up Beach Boulevard, and it dropped you off right in Huntington Beach. Yeah, and for these, us, these. Honey Spoiled rats. No, no, it was, it was <laughs> actually, living on the beach, not having to take buses and shit. It was unique for us because, like, Huntington was such a, a vast spot, right? Yeah. And then I was like, got because I had dyslexia as a kid growing up, so I was just was really never in school. And I discovered punk rock in like seventh grade. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so that was like 1978, and then that kind of just changed the whole precedence of what I wanted to do and how I saw my life and then that was it it was like punk rock cut your hair be aggressive well be an we you know everybody knows you know music and 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 obviously it goes through phases but like that that young teenage years like it's the influence. But you're like junior high though, right? That's junior high. Yeah. yeah. Like well so I was saying like yeah. I was see I got held back in third grade so I was like that kid who was like Bigger and well, it was it was actually it was really small. Like if you met my brother, my my dad was five five, my mom was four eleven, my brother Bobby's five six, my brother Billy's five five, and I'm six two. How did that happen? That, that, that's their adult growth. Adult man? growth. Don't know. <laughs> wow. So like when I go to family functions, I'm like taller. You're the tallest by, by, by a mile. And wow. It's gnarly. It's crazy. You got the gene. So so going back to that day that you're 12 years old, the first time you served. Um, did you like I said? Did you quickly like? I just knew it was for me. Yeah, I just, it just I just took over. It just it was just that that it was just that feeling of like it's it's a lot of times like I'll share this as we go through the podcast is like how much the surf industry I've been in every evolution every evolution of the surf industry since probably you know late seventies early eighties yeah all the way up until I left the surf industry in 2012 because I just I had that happy Gilmore moment where I was like I should kick my own ass for being part of this industry <laughs> you know so it's like I think it's that 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 essence of when you catch a wave no matter how crowded it is I tell people all the time it's like it can like like Jason just said Jay said Jason how dare you how dare you <laughs> Jay Larson put it all together but like 
Well, well, call, I don't even have to call you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> late night. Yeah, late night. I'm going to call you Lardog. Lardog's yeah, easy. Lardog. Because you know, late night was a little bit after you. That's when you guys were growing up. That's when I was an, an, an official adult. Yeah. yeah. Lardog. Lardog was when you were like the kid, like yeah. savage little kid on the beach. Yeah. So it was like. The show's not about Lardog. The show's about always, Chief, bro. Always. No, but, like, yeah. but there's, a, there's an aspect of like when I looked at. Oh, that, there's an ass over here. Oh, so, but <laughs> to, to Jay's point is yeah. when. I go surfing. I could, I could escape. Yeah. Like if there would be a thousand people in the water, as soon as I caught that wave, I've escaped. Yeah. Right. I'm riding and that where wave. Where were you on that first day? I was in Huntington Beach, south okay. here. Awesome. And what uh, you just board from the your buddy? Just an uh, old Carl Hayward board. Yes. Yeah, Carl Hayward board. And then um, my surf, my first surfboard I got was a Russell, nice. Singleton, and um, it was super sick. And a guy named Jack Briggs, he worked at Russell's, and then started on um, 15th Street Surf Shop. He worked at. Newport Surf and Sport and Russell because it was Russell and Newport Surf and Sport. Yep, they were side by side, and then across the street you had Surfside Sports. So, so you're an inland kid, yep. right? I'm an inland kid, and I remember like being fucking kind of intimidated when you first walk into those shops, right? Like, See, I wasn't because was I I wasn't intimidated because I grew in, grew up in a neighborhood and around people that would, you know, I saw my first person get murdered when I was in third grade. Holy crap! So it was like. I, I just yeah so I just was like never intimidated like that my childhood was very aggressive when my mom passed away it was it was pretty funny um, my brother and I my brothers and I had this pact that we wouldn't talk about how we grew up right and it was like okay we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about Wait, how we were you young when your mom passed no this was just this was I was a Nike executive okay. when my mom passed away and it was like we had this because my brother as both my brothers are very successful now but they went through alcoholism and everything else so but they're both really successful in real estate and everything else but when my mom passed we're like everyone's like wants to talk about how you're you're raised and that time with your mom and everything else it was like we're like we're not going to talk about our childhood because it was it was gnarly nothing on not, not no default to your your parents is just where you we just lived, really in, lived in the streets it was where we, lived. And yeah. we didn't we didn't have to live that way for a long time my dad did well and we found our way you know out of the bad neighborhoods when you know, by the time I was like twelve or thirteen, we were we were, in a, you know, we we're in a, like if you had a house on the hill, and then down the street was the hood. Yeah, yeah, like, go through it. Yeah, so you had to go through. You just yeah. you just grew up going oh, yeah. through it. That was you're like the guy up on the hill. <laughs> but like when you go to kid, when you go to school with those kids, it's like every time I go into a neighborhood, like oh that neighborhood's gnarly. I go, like when people are buying real estate now, I always go, like oh that neighborhood's gnarly. I'm like, but it's your hood. Yeah. Like it's your like you move in there and you show respect to your neighborhood. Yeah. Then it's your your neighbor and it's your hood and they're going to respect you back, right? Yeah, yeah. So everyone has your back, and that's how kind of how I looked at it. Is like I knew that like if you didn't have respect in my neighborhood, you were gonna you're gonna get dealt. Yeah. And like when my mom passed, it was like my mom's best friend spoke and then her brother spoke, and her brother was like had the keys of the it's called the keys of the neighborhood. That means you run the neighborhood for um, Boyle Heights. So it was like white fans, cholo gangs, the whole thing. And like we were like bullets whizzing. Like it was crazy when I was yeah. a kid sleeping under a bed. Like it was, it was, but we were really young. And then we came out of it and the whole thing. So I always learned that like respect. I'll, I'll, I'll always tell this story to people and they go, are you scared of stuff? I go, no, because I had a big cholo guy, sixth grade, make me steal a butterfly yo-yo at <laughs> Alpha Beta when I was a little kid. Uh, third grade, I was terrified. Your initiation? No, it was just he just wanted me to go steal a yo-yo, yeah. and yeah. I got caught. Yeah. And back then, they would take you to jail. 
and they would call your parents and they'd come get you from jail. Yeah. You just sat there. Yeah. And my dad was like, what did you do? And I'm like, my dad was really pissed that I would steal something. Yeah. And he goes, why did you do that? I'm like, well, this guy, da, da, da. he's like, who is he? Told him his name. He's like, where does he live? And he lives here. He goes, okay. And my dad drove me straight to this house. He's going to knock on the door. As soon as he answered, he punched him in the face as far as he can. <laughs> I'm like, well, dad, he's huge. He's going to kill me. He goes, I don't care. Ring that doorbell. He answered, he punched him in the face as far as he can. I was like a little cannibal. And it kind of just goes like this. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit from your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn cash, win payouts. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team's going to increase in value, you can buy low and then sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. And just starts pounding in front the, of your dad. Yeah. Oh yeah, then my dad grabbed and mopped him and then mopped his dad. But that's a different story. <laughs> but that was like show like back so then that's how you settle That's how things. you settle things. Like yeah. I, one of my favorite people in Hawaii that that's probably not really talked about a lot incredible surfer and, and raised incredible kids is Tony Moniz oh, oh yeah. dude and Tony Moniz would I just remember I, I just have such a, I'm such a fan of how he raised his kids and how he handled things and kids would be arguing on the beach and he'd go you and you come to my yard and you fight yeah and he would just make them fight and dust them off and they'd be friends they'd go on their way it's like that that doesn't happen anymore like th- those times of like where you just have to go face the fiddler and that's for me, growing up surfing, it was like every, I just had, I grew up in a neighborhood where I, I had to have respect. Yeah. So a lot of kids, when they go surfing, they don't have any respect. Yeah. So it was like, it was, it was, it was ingrained in me as a kid. So I really loved it. And then I just, I sucked at school. Yeah. So, so I just started, I just started riding the bus and going surfing. Yeah. And not yeah. going to school. We, we talk about like surfing as that that brotherhood which it is and you know when you're a little kid like we couldn't get away with anything you know like what you mentioned with your with your neighborhood and those guys and it's the same thing in the water when we were kids like the pecking order the localism it was tough love and you were put in your place and and it didn't matter how hard you ripped or whatever like you're a grom i'm your elder you do whatever you go sit you paddle over there you you know there's a pecking order of like you got to pay your dues until you get your spot in the line and and at the time you're like dude i i hate these dudes i you know all all the older gentlemen i hate these guys like freaking but and now you wish they were still around and now and and, and, (laughs) but as you get older you understand but you can't do that now you can't do that you can't do that now and it's a bummer because you have the damagers and the managers yeah (laughs) you know what those are damagers and the managers dad managers and mom managers I call them the damagers and the managers I love it I love it yeah so so going back kid from La Habra taking the bus to freaking to Newport I started going to Newport because it was like it was there was something to be said for Newport there was it was a tighter community, and and Mike Estrada's mom had gotten divorced, and Alan lived in La Habra, his dad, and his his mom and his new his own stepfather lived in Costa Mesa. So we would go, we'd just go to Newport. So that was your yeah. Your, so that's where your weekend getaway. Like, yeah, the, you know, we, hey, we, I, we have a place to stay. We kind of didn't have a weekend getaway. We just kind of didn't go to school. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, and it drove my parents crazy, you know, because. You know, my brother, my older brothers were both very studious and did really well. Went to college, went to college, and the whole thing. And I was just like, 
it wasn't for me. I just, it wasn't for me. And when I talk to kids these days, like, I'll do a lot of, you know, I do a lot with people whose kids are, are going through struggles and everything else, and everyone's trying to make a kid fit in a perfect mold. And we went through it with our kids, you know. It's it's not easy. And our kids didn't grow up deprived. They grew up, like, at the beach. They, they have all the good things. And yeah. I don't care if you live in the worst neighborhood or the best neighborhood. Principles are the same. The principles are the same. Yeah. You're going to run into the same challenges. It's all the same. It's it's You're less likely to get shot in Dana Point. But you're more likely to OD in data point. Yeah. Which is D- really sad. Different struggle. Sad, yeah, different yeah, struggle. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 really sad when you see that yeah. that challenge of these kids. We've had a lot of like our kids, friends and OD and die. So back to what I was saying. So coming from that and going to where I was at and finding my way in surfing, I just had that knowledge of respect. I wasn't afraid. Because there wasn't, there wasn't like I, I had fought every day of my life. Because once I started surfing, I'm a Mexican dude who surfs in a cholo neighborhood. I was fighting every day, <laughs> Fight, fighting your neighborhood kids. Yeah, because I like that. Yeah, you're a surfer. You're, you're a surfer. One of them. Yeah, yeah. And then my friend, he, he's a really interesting guy. I put him on a bunch of. His name's Angel Cortez, and he was on my friends. He's an army ranger, and he grew up in Santa Ana, and he was like he skateboarded. But he was in he was in our gang, sold guns, the whole thing. But he's he was a skateboarder. The guys would be throw away skateboard homes, right? Can't skateboard. He'd be doing kickflips and wearing skinny jeans, yeah. but he was a gangster. Yeah. You know? So that whole that whole aspect of like And that was before the inner city kids took to skateboarding. No. There was that right? was way before the inner city yeah. Like I was skateboarding, I was doing stuff. I just I just didn't I played football. Everyone played Pop Warner when they were a kid. Yeah. They yeah. played Little League and it was just it just wasn't I just didn't fit. Yeah. I just... I You're ne- a punk rocker. Yeah, I just didn't fit. Like, my brother was, like, super athletic and everything else. I just didn't fit. Like, yeah. when I got on a skateboard, and I was like, I fit. Like, I could go do turns. And it was like... I go back to, it was like, the thing... Surfing and skateboarding and dirt bike riding and BMX and action sports, it's, it's one of the most beautifully artistic things in the world that now we've seen it become so... Mainstream, mainstream, and that's where, as we get down like further, I'll tell you like where where I think the worst thing that ever happened to surfing was when the industry went on the end. You know, and I'm I'm the worst culprit of bringing that yeah. culprit into the into the space because yeah. I don't think it's going to be bad. So Newport, grew up surfing Newport, start surfing there all the time, and then um and you were you were going there hanging out with the Stratas and yeah, and then you guys I, are starting to like fit in with the the Newport local crew. Yep, and then. Because I grew up in a neighborhood that knew how to work, I started pulling screens for Lance. So I, Lance I used to. Collins. Yep, I named, I made all the Wave Tools T-shirts from the age of fourteen to sixteen. How sick! So I was when that. So that was your first job. First job was pulling pulling wow. screens for Wave Tools T-shirts. And how did you get hooked up with? Because I just just started, hanging out, just hanging out. You want to make Beach and Lance would be a hey because he's deaf and he'd go ah, oh yeah and, and everybody wanted to ride wave tools and it was like I was, yeah that was the hot spot that too. was the hot spot for all the pros yeah. you know it's like if you're in Newport Beach you, yeah. either, you wanted to ride a wave tools you wanted to ride a Russell you, you wanted, wanted to ride a Tim Tim Pony like all that kind of stuff yeah. and it was like so I just I wanted to work yeah wasn't going to school so I just ride the bus so and, you dropped out like yeah ninth grade? I, pretty much I Went through ninth grade. I, I went to school, but I didn't really go to school because yeah. back then dyslexia was like being handicapped. Yeah. 
So I always tell people they this. didn't they didn't diagnose they it. Didn't, they didn't help. They didn't, didn't really help. help. I go. I would go. I would go in the classroom where the kids. <sighs> bless you. Excuse me. I would go in the classroom. Where the kids were in wheelchairs. Our kids with helmets on. Oh, so you went to that? Uh, I was in that classroom. Remedial class. Yeah, I was in remedial classes. Wow. In high school, and I'd be like, I'd walk in, normal guy, normal dude, like, and then I'm like, everybody, like, dude, why are you there with the guy with the helmet on? Why are you with the short yeah. bus kids? I'm like, yeah, yeah, this isn't that rad. Yeah. Like, I'm, this isn't that cool because yeah. like, they just shove you. You look at him like, I don't fucking know, bro. I just, I just <laughs> yeah. like that whole thing. So it was like, I, that's I, tough. I, I found mean, my place. Yeah, and that's and that's why I started, I started pulling screens for Lance. And That's kind of rad. Yeah, it was like so. I learned how to screen print T-shirts, and and through grade school or junior high school, and through my freshman, I got kicked out of all the classes that, that taught you stuff. So I can weld, I can build, I can do all like so. When I when so it you went to like I took welding, I took yeah. mach, machining, I took mechanics, I took all that kind of stuff. I took all the trade stuff, so which they, now they don't. They don't it. have that anymore. They don't have anymore. Class like, and dude, the other day I was at the gas station. A kid pulled me up and asked me how to put air. air how do I put air in my tire? That's I was just like, "Are you serious?" I've had grown men who don't know how to like jumpstart a car. Wow! Like I just learned. Are you serious? <laughs> no, <laughs> he's, he's bad. But you know, like I am bad. Yeah. <laughs> so so that so then you you fast forward to that. So I'm I'm sponsored, and so you, you got sponsored. You got good. I'm sponsored quick. by Newport Surfing Sport when I was when I was in freshman in high school. So so by between sixth grade to freshman, I I got good enough to get sponsored. Nice. And then um. I mean, how how stoked were you? Like, I was super stoked. Sponsored. It was it was cool because the Newport Surf and Sport Surf Team. It's it's kind of like I really love what Ziggy's doing. I love what Sport of Kings is about because it yeah. just really takes me back when when I was on the when I was on Newport Surf and Sport Surf Team. Your name was on the wall. Yeah, you're like you're on the team. This is who you are. Yeah, yeah and then you got a jacket. Yeah, like, yeah. you were cool. Like, yeah, you had the stickers on your board. You had stickers on your board. You were just so, you were and so you're, cool. You're still living in La Habra. I'm still living in La Habra. Yeah. I didn't move out of La Habra until I got married. No way. Yeah, I, there was no reason for me to. Yeah, I, I always looked at it from a lens of like, and and it's and I'm it's a hundred percent riot now. I'm not as bad as I used to be. But when you live at the beach, you're like, yeah, that's nothing good. You know, go surfing. When you don't live at the beach, you're going surfing. Yeah, 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 Lar. Yeah, you go. You go. I go. I. I t- it's so funny. This morning I woke up, and now that my son's moved to Oceanside, I surf with him a lot down in Oceanside. But I woke up this morning and I'm like, I went down. I looked out. I was kind of overcast, a little weird, and I was like, oh, nah. I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna go surfing. Yeah, we used to suit up no matter what. Like, yeah, you're out there. Yeah, you're out there. There's no surf cam. Like I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll go down and have a coffee and check it. It's like, no, you're out there when I was a team manager you had to be out there so it was like so that happened then I got sponsored and then so I was sponsored by Newport Surf and Sport and that was your like that was like you hung out and got and worked for Lance's worked for Lance and then so that's how I knew all the Quicksilver guys and stuff and then I was I went to Hawaii and I was never afraid of big waves so I was surfing in Hawaii and this one day I was out of pipe and I was probably like who'd you go to Hawaii with or I went by myself bought a one-way ticket and bailed what how old 15. Oh, 15. Okay. My mom's like, where are you? Where are you at? I'm on my way. I'm with my uncle because he, he lived in Kaneohe. Like that's how I know about Pyramid Rock and Kaneohe Bay because my uncle was in the military and I just go stay with him and surf crazy Pyramid. You're surf Pyramid Rock? Yeah. How good is that wave? It's good. It's like, so good. Probably not good. I just said that on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> but but it's really you can't get on that anyways. So and then I I saw Danny when I was out one day at Pipe and he's like, oh you're you're the kid who works at Wave Tools and 
like the stuff and he goes Danny Kwok yeah Danny Kwok and he's yeah. like oh yeah and he goes oh we should put you on Quicksilver I'm like cool like I got sponsored on Quicksilver you're kidding me yeah and I was like that was right after my freshman year like going into 10th grade and it was me Mike Estrada got sponsored Dave Estrada got sponsored you're 15 years old yeah. and you go to Hawaii by yourself yeah. and you run into Kwok yeah and it was like because you saw you on the you, spot because Kwok was like but he had obviously knew who you were. You're you're you're, 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 you're hanging at yeah. You're surfing every day, but you're hanging out at Wave Tools. You're you're at Newport yeah. Surfing Sport. You're like yeah. I'm in the mix. Yeah, and, and he's a kid from La Habra. All his dreams are coming true. Oh, for sure. Oh, right? yeah, the dreams the, the dreams get better. It yeah. gets super right? fun. Oh yeah, it gets hilarious. Dude. So sponsored. so then I I get sponsored and it's like me and then we have and then we have the Quicksilver team jackets and like hold on a second. What, what boards are you riding at this point in time? I'm still riding. I'm uh, at that Wrestle? time I was riding um Timponies. Timponies, okay. Yeah, I was riding Timponies. And um, it was like sponsored the whole thing. It was like me, Mike, Dave, like a whole group of us. And there was this guy who lived in Fullerton. There was two guys who shaped on Fullerton. One was named Tom Kovich. Kovich. So, Kovich. And another guy named Howard Duck. Lipstick, Howard Duck. Lipstick, I remember surf, those guys. Yeah, yeah. surfboards. And then Howard, those guys were coming like, oh, you guys, are, you guys live here. And you're, you're riding the boards like, help us out. Like, get us, get us, you know, because Tom was shaping under Bob Hurley at the time. And then Kovic was like doing his thing, and so Kovic, like, the one that does screen printing, or did screen printing afterwards? No, not Mike Kovic was the shaper. Tom Kovic is the screen printer. There's two brothers. Okay, okay. Like there's you trip out. There's so many like Steve Zeldin's from Fullerton. Yeah. Zeldo's from Fullerton. Um, Kurt and Mike met Mark Metcalf. You guys know Metcalf. Yeah. He's he's my dentist. He's yeah. from Fullerton. We all went to high school together. Yeah. What and a then, trip. So oh, there's like this whole like so you have Sonora, Harbor High School, Sunny Hills. You have this whole group and. Tie punk rock into it. Social distortions from Fullerton. Adolescents are from Fullerton. Agent Orange is from like, you know, Anaheim. So all those like punk rock bands that were like yeah. coming, they were all from our neighborhood. So we'd all like go to the punk rock shows in the backyards and all that kind of stuff. So that whole scene was happening inland. So all the kids like Ray Coder, Chalmers Lumry, Darren McCommon, all the Newport kids were getting into punk rock. But there was no punk rock happening in Newport Beach. Yeah, yeah you couldn't have the probably yeah, those was, types of parties along the you know. It wasn't punk rock wasn't rock. happening in yeah. Newport Beach, so it was like they would all come to our school, come to our parties because punk rock was going on. So we were kind of like La Habra was a hot spot. Hmm. Like so, everybody would come. Like like Ray Coder, like the the, the high school queen. He's got prospect tattooed on his back. I was teasing because he grew up in Newport. How funny! But um, he married like the high school prom queen Barbara Martin from La Habra. These guys would all come, all the guys from Newport would be at all of our, all the school dances. Sick. Okay. It was crazy because they all wanted to go there. So it, it kind of... That's a first. <laughs> it, well, because I always, I always tell people this, especially teenage kids. I'm like, oh, dude, this. I'm like, you just, all the girls that, like, all the girls at your school are, are cute. Yeah. You're just used to seeing them every day. Yeah. And then your friends just like, dude, oh my God. And you go to their school and like, dude, that girl's like, what? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get outside your bubble. Get you outside know? your bubble. There's, yeah. there's a big world out there. For sure. So that so that happened. So then I kind of had like a hack surf pro career, PSAA wannabe thing. Yeah? Yeah. And it wasn't, I wasn't that good. I did beat Ron Quigley. I always hold that at a, at a contest. Because <laughs> Ron Quigley was so good. Yeah. He was an amazing surfer. I beat him at, um, at an Echo Beach Challenge at 54th Street. Hey. You know, highlights. So, got, got so memories. So that, and then um, I wasn't going to school, and then so you're working what, like, or just making money, sponsor a little bit, living of at home, making money, no money sponsorship at that time. You know, just pulling just, screens, just getting free clothes, doing yeah. the whole thing. That's kind of where I think the surf industry has really gone wrong because. 
Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is a free audio only social media platform for all sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any league or group you want. And follow us at Late Night with Chalky to be notified when our room goes live. Spotify Green Room. I walk, I go to my beach. Yeah. And there's so many amazing kids at Rip. Just give them a pair of board shirts and a sticker and they'll represent you. And yeah. I don't. They don't even care. Yeah. It blows my mind. Like, I, like you know, this, yeah. I was like, I had the thickest crew of guys that I sponsored. I always I had the best guys because yeah. I would go to every beach and go, that kid rips. He's awesome. And always the funny thing for me is I go, at least finish high school. Because yeah. if you're in high school, it sells product for me. For sure. Because every kid goes, I want to be that kid. Yeah. yeah. It sells product. Yeah. It's the only sport that you're getting free stuff at an early age, you know, you're playing these other, yeah. like, you know, uh, club, ball, club sports, ball. whatever. You're yeah. not getting and anything. Not getting you don't anything. get anything and you're just, you know, part of this. close. Yeah. You're yeah. like, wait, you get free free boards and free clothes and this and that. And you're yeah. always styled and you come to school. It's, yeah. It, it was it, cool. It, it was cool. rad. It was super rad. So, like, I... Influencer over here back I, in the And day. you're, wait, you're still living in La Habra. Still living in La Habra. I didn't, you, you I, lived in, I lived in La Habra until I got married when I was 23. I did, so there was what? no, there was no reason. Like to me, there was no reason for me to live at the beach because I was at that time. I was a team manager and I was going all over the world surfing. Mm. Why, why did I need to? Why did I need to live at the beach? Why yeah. did I just I, pay I, extra rent? Just pay extra rent and just, and I just always looked at like, here's the thing that was a struggle for me is like, every coop that I saw at a party where I grew up, every summer all those coops were at the beach starting fights, and I was like, oh. Starting fights? Yeah, because they just go to the beach like, oh, and all the local guys are like, you guys are kooks, beat it. And it was just a chaos. Yeah. Like, when's the worst part? And you're like hiding your face. You know, like, just, it's just, that's the whole thing for I me. know that guy. That's like, well, in your in your intro, is like, feared because I, I grew up having to defend myself. Yeah. So when people go, somebody go off me on the water, I'm like, oh, just go to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I fight every day. Yeah. Like, I've, I've been stabbed and you're twice. Good. Yeah, I've been yeah. stabbed twice. I've been, like, there's, there's, I've been shot at. I've been stabbed. Like, yeah. I'm. Not, I'm. What are you gonna do? Punch yeah. me? Like that? I. It's funny. Like I look at all that kind of stuff. And yeah, but that adolescent like testosterone. You know, the kids are all huffy and puffy. They go somewhere, and they. You know, it's again. It's it's not rivalry because there's no rivalry. But it's yeah. like oh, there's rivalry. But but you know, like I'm just saying, they're coming into like the beach communities and yeah. When you like, when you're a young kid, and you're a punk. Turn, you're gonna you're a start punk. shit. You're oh, a yeah. punk. Every, yeah. Everyone had a everyone had a mouth. Most people that couldn't back it up. I have a funny like this is later in life, but it's a funny story. So Dean quit. Oh, our favorite. But Dean Quinn, Dean Quinn was kind of like, it, Dean Quinn was kind of the muscle of Huntington Beach, right? Yeah. So Dean Quinn was the guy, and then and this everyone knew me as kind of the guy in Newport Beach, and uh, like who it's who. But Dean and I got along really well, and Spides, yeah, was the biggest mouth in the water. So when, <laughs> this one day at, at, at uh, a really good day at Blackie's, Dean had managed to submerge, submerge Spides for Spides being Spides. Yeah. And then Spides comes paddling over me, he's all, bah! Dude, you gotta fight. Huh. He's like all huffy puffy, and I would defend the guys. I'm like, okay, so I start paddling over, and I'm like, and he's like, that's the guy. And Dean's like, what's up, Paul? I'm like, what's up, Dean? And he's like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, what did you do? And he's running, and then Dean just laughed at him. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah. just be careful. Of your he's problem. an elder. Yeah. Like, just, if it, 
my whole thing is if the guy can surf, yeah, yeah, it's, for sure, he, he surfs good. Yeah, he knows he knows his, he knows how to mind his piece and keys. Like, yeah, definitely. And he, there's there's surf etiquette there, and and you know sometimes yeah you just so fast forward. So then so then I I kind of pretend I'm a hack pro surfer and whatever I'm doing my thing, and then um Danny's like, hey I'll help you be a pro surfer, or you can come in and run the surf team, and I was like seventeen. Damn. Seventeen. Yeah, I was like seventeen going on eight, like seventeen seventeen eighteen. Yeah, right then. And it, and I came in and I'm like and Danny's basically and Danny's one of the like one of the best things about like people can say whatever they want about Danny Kwok. Danny Kwok has given so many people a break. If it wasn't for Danny Kwok and Bob McKnight, like if you have my nickname is cheap, Bob McKnight has never called me anything but La Habra. <laughs> my whole life. To say he's like, What's up, La Habra? Because he knew that's where I was from. He's always called me La Habra. That's, that's awesome. Right? So that's McKnight that's to this awesome. day. He was like yeah. What's up, La Habra? He's always hey, he's Pasadena. Yeah, but he's always called me yeah. La Habra. So Danny had given me that opportunity to run the surf team. So this is when he said, "This is when it gets great." <laughs> can I can I interject? Yeah, yeah. Like, How gnarly is Danny Kwok? Like, yeah, he's such a a visionary dude, and like can pick out people and know their strengths. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's a trip. But he, but he got his. He he got his lucky break. Yeah, too. You know, and I think he... From McKnight and... Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, what people don't know about Danny is, and this is really interesting, and, and Danny and I talked about yeah. this, so his... The movie The Performers is what put everybody on the map. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was... Yeah, Performers, Danny gave Performers his, too. Danny gave his spot to Megan Nielsen. Really? He was supposed to be The Performers. He's just like, but it, I'm not these guys. Wow, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that group of guys. He like he's I'm not in that caliber. He just took a step back because he looked at Richard Cram and, and like what, yeah. you know Marvin Foster and all those guys. What they were doing, Kong. It was like there was there was this Tom. There was this this whole thing that was happening, and it was like Danny is like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on the tour. I'm not competing at the level. I'm not pushing in Hawaii. Yeah, and that's, and that's where I always had the respect for Danny because I. That's yeah. pretty sick to hear. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever yeah. no, really no one's talked ever talked about like, that. No, there's a lot of stuff. And, and, a, and I, I do, you know, everything we say in here, and obviously we know his his story. But the you know the fact that he got his second chance, you know, with the whole quicksilver, quicksilver thing, the trunks, and, and, and yeah, yeah, but that you know, all thirty eights, yeah, all one size, <laughs> all one size, yeah, <laughs> not the size you want to take because it's uh, those are far and few between. Them. Yeah, so you you but, look at that and you kind of go, you know, and McKnight and those guys and. So I got my, you know what my first job was? So I live in La Habra. Realize this. So I'm like me and the Strader brothers, we're, we're, we're like, if we're going to live in Huntington Beach or Newport Beach, we're just rats amongst rats who are sponsored, right? Yeah. We live in La Habra. There's like three dudes in freaking 30 miles inland that are sponsored by Quicksilver. Yeah. We're cool. Yeah, you're super cool. We're super cool. And yeah. all the guys who surf around us think we're super cool. Then I get the job. My first job was to go down to MB. And pick up Tom Carroll's quiver. Wow. And meet Michael Tom Barron? Michael Barron. Yeah. And pick up Tom Carroll's quiver and meet him at the airport. Dang. Your first That was my first thing to do. So, go, so wait, get the van. So gave you a team manager job? Team manager job. I was the team manager. Like so if <clears> I showed you all these old pictures like E D, I sponsored E D. Like ever like Doug Silva, Rob Machado. Every one of those guys was, like, so, so you like early on sponsored all those guys. Like who was the who was your predecessor? Like who? Danny. Danny was the guy. Danny was the team manager. Yeah. So it's like 
fucking early stages of Quicksilver. Oh, yeah. Danny was a team manager. Then I was... So we're I talking was, like mid to late 80s. Yeah, this was like 87. So crazy. So Dan, yeah. Danny... Yeah, 80, 86, 87. Because Danny was a team manager, and he went into marketing, and then he brought me on to be the team manager, and then Preston Murray came after me, then Richard Wolcott, then Taylor Wisnan, and I was... So Paul, Chief, go-go. What? It's kind of crazy that out of all the people that are in Newport that Quack could have you know, picked, could have picked, picked that job. You know, why you, you think? I, I, he just said I had... I don't know, he just... I, I sometimes I, I I always tell those guys I'm like it baffles me I just think because I was always in the mix and I wasn't afraid and, and I wasn't afraid of like the Hawaiians were gnarly but I just wasn't I wasn't afraid yeah like yeah. I, I wasn't afraid of, like, <laughs> so they're like if we need some dirty work then no no I, I, chief it's just it's just <laughs> no, the Hawaiians are just like the, the the unique thing about the Hawaiians are and this is like one one of my dearest friends who I talk to all the time is Kai Garcia mm-hmm. and everyone's like it's boring oh it's like the other and like it's the same thing. It's like we, if you just show respect, yeah, that's what you and, and and you know the etiquette and you know your space and you know how you play. And it was like, yeah. and Danny just knew. It's like if something got heated, Qua- yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be intimidated by the yeah. situation. Yeah, and, and probably a lot, be able to handle it. And probably yeah. a lot of those, like you said, mentioned maybe Newport guys or whatever. You know, nothing against them, but yeah. they probably are a little too close Lars to... Lars talking shit on Newport. No, no, no. 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 So, just any of the rippers <laughs> that could have fulfilled that position, they are too close with, you know, the the nucleus of, like, everybody that's yeah. there. You know, so they know everybody. You nailed, you're, 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 you're removed. You nailed Don't it on tell him. You're the, it. No, 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 he did. Here's you're what the he, muscle. Here's what he no, he no, didn't. No, he's he did. not that good. No, he actually did nail it. Yeah. Here's what I tell everybody, and I've said this over and over again. I wasn't the ripper. Yeah. What? I was I I could serve yeah I could hold my own but I every time like anybody I've ever sponsored I'm like my job is to make you hold four aces right now you're walking you're playing poker with me I got the stacked hand my yeah. job is to make you more valuable where you're valuable outside of, of Quicksilver yeah and that's that's what happened I was like I wanted I wanted people to have that opportunity to really Shiny. achieve greatness yeah. and uh, and. No disrespect to guys who are pro surfers who run teams. They're always going to tell you how they did it. Yeah. They're always going to say, this is how I did it. Oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. I'd be like, dude, you're sponsored. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Go do it. I'm, yeah. I'll yell for you. I'll yell. For, like, And Jay knows this. I'd be on the pier yelling, ah, that big peak. Ah. I'd never tell you how to surf the wave. Yeah. I'd never tell you what you did wrong in the heat. Yeah. I, my job is just to market you. My job is to make you a super valuable asset for the company and a super valuable asset for yourself. That's yeah. why I can never be a team manager because I'm like, I serve 10 times better than you and you want this much money? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, oh, you like, like whoa, dude. <laughs> no, the labor. No, you got, you got to realize that. No, but that, that's... Jay, to Jay's point, Jay, Jay is... You, I'm not. Blown, I'm, I'm not because Jay's an incredible surfer. The show's not about Jay. No, but it, no, no, but no, 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 about no, Chief. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm Paul Chief. Go. I'm guys. expanding on his point of you yeah, know, yeah, being yeah. a pro surfer. <laughs> you, you're a little bit more jaded in, in in regards to like your this is you're setting your own just, ways or yeah. the money factor. Or, yeah, I'm just you, you I'm just knew stoked. your place and yeah. you knew your job. And I just wanted people to be successful. Yeah, I wanted yeah. them to have the opportunity because this is like, I mean. Now it's even more of a golden ring, but back then it was like, I remember when I got to Billabong and I, I there was. Now a, don't go to Billabong yet. So no. Quicksilver, so Quicksilver. So I do the Quicksilver thing. So, and it, it's sorry, awesome. you, you, I cut you off, but you, you were your first 
tour of duty was to pick, pick up, up Michael Barron's Michael Barron's for Tom Carroll and pick him up. So I, so I drove him to the harbor. I called every single kid I knew. This is on the telephone. <laughs> no cell phones back then. And we all took him out of the took him out of the boxes, everything, and fondled every one of his books. <laughs> like, Dude, is your Tom Carroll's board? Like it was like full fanboy. So wait, you you took him to La Habra to your boys in La Habra? Oh yeah, so we took him took him out of the box. Like these are took, Tom. These are Carol's. Tom Carroll's work. These are like, Tom Carroll on them. Like if you would have had cell phones, you would have been ruined because it would have been all over. Because you're a surfer, yeah. and that's what you do. You yeah, know, you were just you like, like, oh, everything. Gosh, you're like, like you're, you're fanning the fanning out. out. So yeah. then I put them all away, put them, and I meet him at the airport, and, and go, and then. So how was that like meeting Tom Carroll for He's the like, first time? I give him my boards. Yeah, yeah. Tom, those at that at that point in time, it was like. They knew me, but they didn't really know me, and it was like so. I was more of like a team manager. But then when it came into full swing, is my first gig was to go run the eddy. Whoa! So I had to go take all. Have you seen those surfboards that are the eddy? Yeah, trophies. Yeah, I had to take two hundred of those on a plane <laughs> by myself. Like it was gnarly. Dropped off, get them on, the and plane. they were heavy. Oh, heavy. Yeah. And then um, I stayed with Mickey Nielsen. And Keone Watson stayed there too. It's like, and that was my first gig was was staying with Mickey Nielsen. So, I got there, I had all the trophies. Was this the first Eddie? No, this is. It was. The Eddie, it was after the first Eddie happened. Okay. So then, because the Eddie didn't run for a long time, and then we'll get into Billabong making jabs at Quicksilver Run in contest. So it was like, so we did that, and then I stayed with those. I would stay with Mickey and Marvin and those guys, and they'd know me from going to Hawaii previous. So I, I really had a good relationship with them, and those guys were, at a certain time, really partying super hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, well, it was big. It was like there was the party scene on the North Shore was really gnarly. Yeah. And um, if you can't rock and roll, don't fucking come. Exactly. Yeah. And so that that scene was going crazy, and and I got to the house and like, hey, we're gonna do this, this, and this. It was him, Kong, Marvin. Like, it was gnarly. And I'm like, come on, we're gonna do it. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And I go, what do you mean? I go, I'm here at work. Like, I'm not here to do that. Um, that's yeah. not, not my thing. It's like, are you disrespect me in my house? I'm like, no, I'm not just like, go outside. I'm like, that's what we have to do. I'm staying here, so I guess if I have to fight you, I have to fight you. Yeah. But it, it, right off the bat. Oh, yeah. It was, that was Hawaii. You know that. Yeah. 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 And it, and it was like, and I, I just forged like the best, best relationship with those guys. And I ran into Mickey the other day at Ruka, and it's just like, it, it's, they just, they just want to know that you're game. Yeah. They want to know that you're get, that you're not gonna, like, because their their whole thing is if he's not partaking, then there's he's maybe right might rat, rat us out or he no, might talk shit. Well, you know, they, you know they're 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 their thing. Yeah. You're not one of them if you're not yeah. in. So yeah. they so want to make sure you're you're fa- cool. Fast forward, maybe I don't know summertime, and you know all those guys, not those specific guys and names. These names shall remain nameless, but all these guys come and, and they're like, okay, we want to score drugs I'm like oh okay cool pick them up at the airport and they're like expecting to go to the beach and I start going to where I grew up <laughs> and they're like and all my family members like this is in the 80s have tattoos on their face already they're like they're, they're straight killers I'm like oh and they're like where are we going I go you, got, you guys want this like we're gonna go here and get it and they're like my is like we're assault weapons like yeah and they're just like come out and they're like what what's up oh, that's yeah. you know the whole trip and they're like well, these guys went, okay, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, oh, there's like, holy <laughs> shit, like, yeah. what, what? Yeah. is this where you grew up? I'm like, yeah, and they're like, what would happen if something happened to you? I go, oh, my family would kill you. 
Yeah. But yet they would they would they would murder you. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there ain't no fighting going on here. They're 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 real killers. So you, you scrapped with Mickey Nielsen that night? No, never. Okay, you never, never got to that. Never point. got okay. to that. It was it was no. it's it's the same thing. It's like and Jake can talk this. It was like there wasn't like I had to front. It was just like calm. Like or really, or if this is what we're going to have to do, then I guess. And it's like, but if I would have, if I would have immediately went, oh, yeah, and, and then I would got a slap, yeah. And then I did, if I would have like fronted, then I would have got punched. It was yeah. just like, it's, yeah, just being calm and respectful of what they're doing. Like, what you do, and what I do, are two totally different things, and it was awesome. So that happened, and then and then when I went later, it was like, it was really cool. I got to work with all these guys. I got to do a lot of rad stuff. And then um, there was a guy named Mike Lesher. He was he was a sales manager at um, Quicksilver, and he had left, and went and went to Billabong. And at that time, I was like Quicksilver went public, and it was it was just weird. It was kind of getting tricky. How long were you at Quicksilver for? I started writing for Quicksilver when I was fifteen. I left Quicksilver when I was nineteen. So four years. Four years. Worked for him for two and a half. Yeah. So it was like, and then was and was the the rivalry between Quicksilver and Billabong? Oh I think? yeah, okay. huge. Yeah. Huge, huge. I, I was sponsored by Quicksilver, and it was right when you were leaving. They were all off of... Um, off 19th. Nine, no, they were off uh, the new Vulcan, 18, the, the Vulcan well, building. They just moved into the, the Vulcan new, building. new Vulcan building. Yeah. You know? So it was, they were all the old stylized building now, which turned into their fabric house, but um, whatever. Right across but, the street from Wave Tools and everything else. Yeah. It used to, it used to be um, Penhall. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day. And, uh, yeah, you went you went to Billabong, and... Um, I dealt with Wooly. Yeah, it was Wooly. Wooly yeah. came in after me. Yeah. And so, the, so how, what was that Mike Lesher? Mike Lesher brought me, and I, I just was at Quicksilver. I did, it just, it, it was just such a different thing. Like, DK, like, we had the new building, because we got to the new building, like, people were upstairs, and I was downstairs, and it was just, it just was, it, just, it was just big and weird, and I was kind of like, this is weird, so Mike said, come over here and work. And I'm like, all right. And um, so I came over, and I just started doing customer service. And, yeah. and that was the OG Placentia back building. Oh, yeah, on the left. one building. One building yeah. in One the building, back. warehouse, everything. 111As yeah. were our, our board shorts. 222As two, two, two were our walk shorts. 333 yeah. three, three was like <laughs> jacket, t shirts were like fours. So, what what was that uh, breakup like? It was, it was just interesting. It was time for me to move on. It, it just, I, I respected Mike, and and I just was, Quicksilver wasn't, Quicksilver was just, it was just, got too corporate. Wasn't it just? It was like me being back in high school again. I didn't fit in. Mm. You know what I mean? It was like it was it was getting really smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was, I learned a lot, but it was like conversations, like you know, act was we're, we're not going to get acquired. We're going to go public, and we're going to do this, and Wall Street's coming in, and they're doing that, and you need to look this way, and you got to act that way, and there's this. I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like back. I'm back in that. I'm back on the yellow bus. Yeah. And I'm like, not fitting your, your dyslexia is coming back. Yeah, just like uh, yeah. the stuff I needed to write and do was like, yeah, I, I was gonna fail. Because you had, I mean, Quack isn't uh, college educated, but you had but McKnight, Quack, who was gnarly. McKnight's right? USC super, but Danny's really well written, really well read. I'm not well written or well yeah. read because I that's just not my DNA. Amen, brother. So so <laughs> that's just not my DNA. So when I went, when I went over and started working at Quicks I mean, Billabong, you know, it was really fun. Mark Reeder was the team manager. He's actually the best man in my wedding. No and way. We, yeah. He was, we were, Mark and I were like thick as thieves. I had long hair. We were going out every night. Like, it was like punk rock was over, like super long hair, drink and go crazy and go see rock bands. And, and for me, it was like, 
because I lived inland and I grew up with all the punk rock bands, I knew every punk rock band. I knew every rock band. Like I just they were. You stayed in the mix. With I that stayed in the mix because I didn't live at the beach. So I was yeah. I was always in L.A. at night going out. I was I was like really good friends with all the bands, and that's how that's how that ended up working for me down the line in the music space. Yeah. So doing that, and then went there. So customer at, service first. Customer service first, and then like. Who was running the team? Reader, right? Reader was running. Yeah. The, Reader did was you running. Trip the, out on like doing customer service. No, I just it was it was easy. All I had to do was answer the phone and fix people's stuff on a computer. It wasn't really hard. Yeah, there was yeah. there was no internet. There was just a but, phone yeah, number. The company. Yeah, the and title and the duties. Yeah. Are, yeah, but it was there was something there unique. It was it was like I mean Billabong was like the size of your. It was this was it. Yeah. It was just, yeah. it was tiny. But you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. were a team manager. But it was it did Quicksilver, and to me to to to. You to took me, a step back. To me, it was just work. Yeah. I, I don't ever look... Like, that's one thing is, like, people... It's just work. Yeah. It's yeah. At the end of the day... It's, it's like, a stepping stone. It's just work. It's yeah. At the end of the day, it's work. So then so then we started doing stuff, and Bob really loves music. Like, he is a music aficionado. He loves music. He's everything about And he also he's like, hey, these band guys are coming in and visiting you. Like, and, then, and all of a sudden, I'm like... He goes, hey, how, how did you... Like, and at that time, I was doing nightclub promoting. Yeah. I was doing all concert stuff. I was doing all stuff on the side. So I always had plan B. I've never not had plan B. I've always had plan B. Yeah. And so I was like doing music stuff and I was working in customer service and doing music stuff and putting on nightclubs and doing whatever I needed to do. Wow. Customers, like it was bad. I'd show up to work in the same clothes I wore the night before and Reader was always my sidekick when we were chaotic. And then, um, the good old days. But yeah. then, and then um, Bob, he's like, there was this one event. He goes, hey, can you put this thing together? I'm like, yeah. So I got these really good, good bands and put this whole thing together. He's like, how many give you a new title? You're not customer. My job was called Special Projects Coordinator. <laughs> I thought funny. it was hard because I was like in the special ed class and now I'm the Special Projects Coordinator. Yeah. So that was, I was Special Projects Coordinator and then, um, you know, Reader was doing his thing and everything else and, you know. Because marketing back then, sorry to interrupt, but marketing back then was pretty straightforward. It's like, you know, we're making posters, we're doing surf tours, like, you know, we're doing meet and greets and, but and surf do, movies. But, like... Nobody was putting, like, music... music. Yeah, that's what like, I'm so saying. We, like, like we new. did, like, TSOL, Social Distortion, Nirvana. Like, how, how, everyone's like, how did you get Nirvana in a surf movie? Because yeah. I knew the guys in Nirvana. Like, they, I knew them. Yeah. So it was like... Dude, so we're, we're talking um, Filthy Habits. Oh, Filthy Habits, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Pump, In the Wind, and then all the Pump. music... Then we did with like Bunny Up Dreaming. We did Sublime in those movies. So we put Sublime in there. It was like, and I was friends with all those guys. It was like, so it was just that music thing started happening. So it kind of just set soon after you you started working. Yeah, soon after there. So and then I I met my wife, and that was in '88. And I got married in '89, and then so Reader was doing his thing, and then Reader kind of just like I don't even I was so off doing other stuff, and the next thing I know, Reader wasn't there anymore. And anyway, I felt bad because our relationship, like, I was doing all these special projects and stuff, like, working, like, going to trade shows and putting on trade show parties and getting in, and, like, I was the guy who could put it all together at that yeah. time. And then um, I came back and Reader was gone, and Bob's like, hey, I want you to run the team, too. I want, I want you to be the, you know, head of marketing. Yeah. Marketing director. I'm wow. Like, oh, I want, I'm like, okay. Was that a pay raise, too, or? Yeah, it was a pay raise. Yeah. I mean, back then, but I had, at that time, you know, I was, I was young, married, and, I was doing music because I had to. I had to make the ends meet. Like back then, it was like, I everyone's like, "Oh, you killed!" Like I lived in a one-bedroom condo with two kids and two dogs. I foreclosed on and lived in my in-laws. 
Yeah. So I didn't. I I wasn't killing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But a lot. You know, for for the short time that you know, and how young you were. I mean, that was. Yeah. No I'm, college degree. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it was yeah. like it's epic. So we did that, and it was like, that was epic. Those built, and then I met a guy named Rick DeVoe. So Rick DeVoe, you know, you know, Rick. Yeah, yeah, Rick. So Rick, Rick had a company called Big Dummy Jams, and he was he was managing. He was like putting on concerts, and so him and I met in Malibu. Pete Rocky introduced us, and Rick was doing like No Effects, Pennywise, all these punk rock shows, and I'm like. And then Taylor just put out um, Beyond Seaside. That was his first movie, right? Yeah. Beyond Seaside. And then we met... Seaside Ta- and Beyond. Or Seaside and Beyond. Yeah. Dyslexic. So <laughs> so um, we met Taylor and then Rick's, we just, this whole thing just happened. It was like momentum, this, that, the other. It was like this, this, this thing just exploded. Yeah. Taylor knew music, wanted music. I knew music. We knew Brick Everwoods. It's like... Rick knew how to put on shows. Yeah. I knew how to put on shows. And we just started doing these tours. Yeah. And it went crazy. Like, it was like, nobody had ever done that. Like, where you had a movie and then Pennywise. A concert. A yeah. concert. Playing at the opening, yeah. at the premiere. And then, so, we did that. And it, it just it just went bonkers. It was crazy what happened. And then I worked on a project, like, Don Meek and I talk about all the time. We were the first people to put surfing and music on TV with um, Prime... Prime ticket. Prime ticket. Yeah. Prime ticket. Yeah. yeah. Don and Don Meek had reached out to me and goes, Hey, I want to do this. So we put that together and that happened. That was the first time that ever happened was surfing music on TV. So we started doing all these things and it was really unique at that time because a lot of the bands that we're working with, like and Rick were working with, were becoming the hot bands. And then so a guy named Tom Wally, who was the founder, one of the founders of Interscope Records, had come to me and said, Hey, I really want you to like you, you know all these good bands. Like I want you to start signing bands to the record label. Dang. What? So I'm like, okay. So I became an NR guy, and that was like, and this was all stuff I was doing on the side. Never, and never interfered with my work. But like, yeah. at this time, like I'm doing snowboard events, so I'm in Europe and I'm meeting the What's bands. A and R stand for again? Artist representation. Okay. So or artist repertoire. Yeah. So A and R. So I was doing A and R, and like I was bringing bands in, like and, and all this stuff, and then Rick. Had Blink-182 was blowing up and they were trying to sign these bands. It was like, so I had this whole thing going with music and, and Billabong and it was crazy. And the kind of, the, the, the big crap hitting the fan moment was, um, <laughs> I think it was like probably 96, 97. Um, the BC Boys were wearing Billabong on the cover of Rolling Stone. Damn. No way. Yeah, and he had a Billabong, he had a Billabong logo on the cover of Rolling Stone. And um, one of the guys at Billabong said I should be fired. For the fact that some New York hip hop band. Australia heads? Yeah. A New York hip hop Gordon band. Merchant? Somebody. Somebody. I love Gordon. Me and Gordon are good. So it's like, so it's, but back then it was like, why, 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 why are you ruining the brand? Why, yeah, why are you taking the brand and putting it on New York hip hop or a surf brand? What, this isn't who we are. This yeah. is. Even though every surfer is why, why one of the top Hey, why are you introducing us to another market? Well, it, but that's interesting. It's interesting because I what surfer didn't have Beastie Boys oh, on their freaking yeah, like are yeah, you but crazy? it's but you have to look at it from a lens of like old grumpy guy. Well, yeah, we knew. I know what you mean from like yeah, yeah it's it's, it's yeah, so different now because yeah. it's I'll, I'll never forget because this is I think this is where a lot of my success came from is. 
I didn't have the luxury of growing up at the beach. I didn't have the luxuries of all the stuff that the grumpy surfer guy had. I had to earn my way into the quote unquote tribe. Yeah. yeah. I had to like, there w- it wasn't just a given for me. I'm the kid who, I'm a Mexican kid who grew up inland, who somehow has gotten in a position where he's at and done the stuff. So it was like, so that was just like, at that point I'm like, wow, this is really lame. Like yeah. this sucks. Like, cause I love music and it's awesome and I'm doing all this stuff with Taylor Steele and it's killing it and yeah. we're putting on all, all these movies and like yeah. I'm, more, I'm like introducing surfers to like and skaters and like you know Sergio Ventura it's like, it's like guilty by association like you're you have the relationships and like it's just all coming together yeah, based it was on like, like it was, the music it was like it's, a perfect collision course and yeah. it was like like Sergio Ventura was on Madonna's tour skating like and Sergio was on my team riders like it was like there was all these things that like were I was taking athletes and going, hey, go do this, hey, go be in a movie and go do that, and that and that's why it really frustrated me when Kelly did Baywatch and everyone, everyone turned their back on him, and I was like, dude, everyone just wants, to, and that's the surf industry. We, yeah, we, yeah. we the surf industry just cannibalizes ourselves, and it's it's super sad like to see that happen. I put a post up yeah. on with um, Ultimate Surfer because everyone's like, dude, so lame, blah blah blah. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? Why? It's introducing surfing. To people who don't under, they, like that don't understand surfing, and yeah. it's it's giving them an opportunity yeah. to to be part of a culture and invest back into what gives us our livelihood. And yeah. how how short a surfer's you know, career lively yeah. and career is, and 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 why shame them for like getting yeah. after and making as much money, and, and hopefully parlaying that. Hey, might get a commercial gig or uh, uh, you know whatever whatever it, it is, is, yeah, whatever opportunities and doors that opens and up. You it's know like, what, grumpy surf guy, turn yeah. the TV off. Yeah, or, but the, but on the radio, but everybody wants to. Yeah, the grumpy, the grumpy surf guy isn't us. Yeah, no, we're, it, we're not like they're, the, the grumpy no. surf guy is the guy who like who discovers surfing. It's like I have it a lot at our beach where people are yelling, and I'm like, the grumpy surf guy is the guy that surfs the same spot at the same beach and in, in, in the same crew and hasn't really enjoyed surfing and traveled and gone and, yeah. and explored and just. Get out of their comfort zone. They're the ones that are just barking at the same yeah. spot every and, day. And if you we look, call them haters too. That, that's what we call them. <laughs> yeah, but if you look, if you look at so this this perfect collision was happening in 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 action sports. And ta- I mean, Taylor Steele was on the forefront of it. Rick DeVoe was on the forefront of it. You know, what we were trying to do at Billabong was like, you know, with the movies we were putting out, like Jack McCoy. Like, because remember, by this time at Billabong. I had pilfered Jack McCoy from Quicksilver. I had pilfered Resolve from Quicksilver. I had pilfered West Lane from Quicksilver. I like I had like taken all these guys and said, "Look, you're kind of just going down the old. If, if you don't rock and roll, you can't f and come." Yeah. Process and I'm like, it's kind of played out. Yeah. Like I mean, Quicksilver really needs to rethink what it's doing because Echo Beach was like was a party. Yeah. And it was everybody was invited and it was the whole thing and all of a sudden it became less about Echo Beach and and this whole thing so. You know, Bob and I had, had sat there and we kind of looked at where Billabong was at. We're like, man, this is this really? Because I put up, I created this thing called Bong, built on the next generation. Whoa. So I like that. Yeah, so it was Bong. Remember the shirts that said Bong? Yeah. yeah. That was built on the next generation. So I was trying to like rethink what was going on. It's just, it's so just, you came up with that? Yeah, like recalibrate, like Bong, yeah. built on next generation. Like, yeah. We're gonna I really thought Bong was Bong. And yeah, I, but it was, I, thought, I thought Bob was Christian. No, and no, it was just like, it, no. It, I know, but... But that was the thing. That, I never knew that. that yeah, was that. We, we wanted to like build this whole thing, and it was it was just such a massive amount of resistance. And um, Bob, had, 
at that point in time, I was like, dude, I'm out of here. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to either go music, I, I, you know, I'm going to go work at a different company. I don't, I'm just out. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore because it's not where I see this happening. And um, so we ended up parting ways with Billabong and that was, it was a very tumultuous breakup. And we'll get back to the, the, the essence of the greatness of the comeback together. So it was like a very tumultuous breakup, and there was a lot of hostile feelings. You, you broke up with Billabong? Yeah, when, when Hurley and I, Bob, we left. So when, when Hurley started Hurley? Yes. Okay. We, we, we were doing hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And we walked away from that. Yeah. So crazy. We, so we, we, we got one second, them. okay? Because the importance of what you were talking about earlier... I wanted to magnify what you guys did with Taylor Steele and what you guys did with your own videos because, like, we trip out on those videos. You know, yeah. we we well, you, ran those things till till you know you you, you know filthy habits and it was and a pump new, and like oh my god. So in the in the wind, that's how I got the name Chief because I got that big yeah barrel yeah, yeah. of Puerto Rican. You know, I had long hair. Yeah, and Bob's all Chief. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, going you know, going I'll have with, to find that. Going what Lennon Lennon said is you know it was a is a changing of the guard on with like Taylor the new school. Yeah, how impactful and how more relevant surf movies have become. You can infuse music more market. Yeah. You know, like it's not just print and contest and print and contest. It was like like how sick was TSOL in in those see, movies? So like, let me regress. And Mary's Danish okay. and all that. Like all that shit was like so rad. In such fond memories oh, of yeah. those movies. So let me regress, and this is this is where you guys will have that epiphany moment because this is epiphany moment I had, and especially listening to Ed's podcast. Like I wasn't a '70s groovy guy. I didn't grow up at the beach. I, I didn't have the hippie cool thing. I was like, I was just fighting to live. You know what I mean? I was like, and surfing was like yeah. an outlet for me. But when punk rock happened, and I did a, I did an art show that was called Against the Grain. When twin twin things only happened for like 18 months. Realize <laughs> that. There was, a, there was a moment when Mark Richards, for like 18 to 24 months, where, where twin fins happened. You know what happened that same time? Punk rock. Hmm. So it was, a, it was that epiphany moment where surfing was changing. It was going vertical. It was like people were doing stuff. People were cutting their hair. The long-haired grumpy guy would paddle out and punch you in the face. You're like, I like being punched in the face. Your ears are pierced and you're like a savage. You're like, you get punched in the face every night in the pit. There was this, there was this surfing went from... Wee, I'm groovy, aloha flow to like I'm aggressive, I'm punk rock, yeah. I'm listening to freaking bad religion, I'm listening to fear, I'm listening to the dead Kennedys, and it's like I want to kick some ass. Hey, I, I wish we could do a, a playlist on all the surfers, not just the top athletes of the sport, but just I, I know exactly side A of side B, tape deck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of what I'm playing in the car before I paddle out. And it's not groovy, chill music. It's... Yeah, yeah so, I am, so you looked at that. So yeah. you, you saw... So I saw that <laughs> in the 80s, right? I saw that in the 80s. And I was blessed enough to be part of that. Like, to be part of that. And that's where maybe Danny saw something because I was like... I was punk rock. Yeah. I didn't care. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be a hippie. I was like... I was like... I'm, I'm not afraid to fight you. I love the music. I'm going to be in the mosh pit. I'm going to live it. Punk rock, 80s punk rock. And that changed surfing. Yeah. 100%. That era changed surfing. Fast forward. That's why I wanted to regress on that. Twin fins. Certain amount of time that happened, it changed surfing. And then Simon Anderson came out with the Trifin at yeah. Bellas. 
changed everything, right? For sure. And it, whole new outlook on surfing. Whole new outlook on surfing. It, it absolutely 100% changed. Glenn went and tried with the quad, but nothing really outperformed the trifin. So to this day. To this day. So you have you have that moment in time, music, look, essence, paradigm yeah. shift, right? That didn't happen again until Taylor Steele. Yeah. And that's when that's why I love the momentum generation because it was like you had the Martin Potters of the world, everyone else, and you had you had these guys who, who weren't partying, yeah, who went to school, who were really and just had ten times more balls than any of those guys in any situation. Yeah. They were just like Gun huh. And that was because cheese and Brock. Yeah. Right? And like Cheese was like my best friend. And you know that. He was with yeah. me everywhere. And Cheese never he rode for Billabong and then he went off and did Emerson. But he traveled with me everywhere. And you can ask Ross, Shane, Conal, those guys, Benji, we, Cheese was always in the car. They were always in the back. And I was like, what is Cheese? He's even run for us. And I'm all, because he's my boy. Yeah. And he would go to the hotel room. Talking Todd Chester. He would, Todd Chester. He, he would go to the, the hotel man. room and go like this. <laughs> and spit on the bed and go, that's where I'm sleeping. Yeah. He, and I'm all, I got the other I, bed. <laughs> I can see how you two are like two peas in a pod yeah. because he would do the same thing. Like, you'd be in the, he'd be the guy like pissing on you. Like not saying anything. Oh yeah. Or you'd be the guy. He was a he, practical joker, but in yeah. like you couldn't get mad because it was cheese, and he it was he was just doing it to be fun. But to be cheese. But yeah. it, it, but that was the paradigm shift. So if you looked at that, yeah. So go like that starting to go into the teeth to the, and then I'm, I'm just watching the surf brands just like, yeah. Be stuck and like, we need to be this, and we need to have this team rider, and we need to do it this way, and we need to yeah. do it that way, and I was like. I don't ever want to run another contest because yeah. we changed prize money in surfing yeah. with, with the Billabong Pro because Quicksilver had the richest prize money. And then Bob Hurley, we did the, it was 5A. Remember, it used to be 3A. It was, yeah. We had the 5A contest and it was $55,000 prize first. And we wrote, because the Eddie was never happening yeah. and the Eddie was 50 grand, so we increased it by five. And we said, real prize money, real contest. Yeah. And we ran the contest and people got paid. So fast forward to... Trussell, so now we've, I can't remember if we changed the prize money. You know, it was we were hurling when we changed the prize money. And um, so Bob, Bob was just kind of going, dude, I'm the license of this brand. I pay him a ton of money. You do all the marketing. I do all the business. Leanne's doing all the design. We're running everything globally. Yeah. yeah. You were the, we, we were we're the money maker. Yeah. And we're paying a fortune to be the license. And the guy's probably and they're not, trying, and, to and they're, they're trying to handicap you. Yeah, they're trying to handicap us. So Bob had flown to Australia and said and met with Gordon and said, you know, hey, this is what I want. I see it differently. This is the way I want to do it, blah, blah, blah. And this is in the days of faxes. And um, this is like 98. And um, and Bob comes back and he's like, okay, we, yeah. I was going to leave. And I'm like, I'm done. He's like, no, we have a deal. Don't leave. It's all good. We get a fax. Yeah. Comes back and he goes, it's not the deal we signed up for. And Bob, uh, Bob, Bob, Bob really is very, very much a punk rock person. Yeah. And yeah. he just went like this. He went, bye. No, he got back on a plane and flew back and resigned. That's what I heard. He got back on the Mike plane. Mike Dunn told us that. Yeah. Right? Got back on the plane and resigned. Yeah. Flew back and then flew back so we're doing our own thing. And everyone's like, oh, you guys need to start small. We're kind of like, you know, no. oh, we can't. We have all these employees. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. You know, we have, we have to go big. And, and it, can I just interject real yeah. quick? What you guys did was so fucking Tommy McGuire, who's coming with me, <laughs> freaking <laughs> F 
you so we're going wrong. and I'm gonna take you know like he, he had a, a lot of employees and a lot of oh. people and he's a yeah he, but our whole sales force quit via Federal Express letter yeah the next day I sat down we paid him the pitch freaking and they, stabs but, but no it was, it was great it was great for them because Bill Mong went on to be great and everything else yeah. but if you look at like Mark Weber runs Bill Mong yeah you know Mark Simpson he's now started IPD you have all these guys who came and like the University of Hurley pretty much the University yeah. of Hurley they all have yeah. these great jobs and it's because and Lyndon you know this more than anybody we, god damn right well you do because we <laughs> dug in that head so, <laughs> got a big head so here's here's the thing you have to realize and this is where I told Bob I go this is where I go back to it's just work yeah and the reps would become those guys like I wipe my ass with hundred dollar bills and they, and they and you're the you're the you're the kid on the floor and the reps just like and they walk past you and they go talk to Pi or they go talk to, you yeah. know, Duke or someone else. And they're like, you know, they don't have a time of day for you. And they're just like, oh, I got the connection, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking to the buyer. I'm talking to signs. I'm talking to, I don't even talk to kids on the floor. And we had sub reps. Yeah. And all those guys quit. And we hired every sub rep. Weber was a sub rep. We hired all our sub reps. Yeah. And every, if we, if those, I swear to you, if those guys would have stayed on, Hurley would not have been as successful as yeah. this because we hired the kid that talked to all the kids on the floor and yeah. the kids on the floor went I got your back dude yeah. that guy sucks I'm going to support you you're the new rep yeah. Yeah. and they're like and they're like, he's like you're 21 and all of a sudden you're a rep for Hurley don't know if it's going to work or not yeah. but it's like dude that's rad they're giving you the shot yeah. like they're not trying to hire some old guy they just gave it to the kid Yeah. we just gave it to the kid and the kids went in there and murdered it yeah I remember because um, that was the that, I mean that was the youthful like just you know like energy you guys had oh, yeah. and, like you know like it was you're not gonna you're not gonna sway some jaded old rep or you know somebody that's just set in his ways like, no he's like I'm sticking with Bill of Long Pays and like yeah. good for you yeah you know but that's I just remember those days like, yeah or you're gonna say something I, I, I remember a couple things that'll forever be etched in my brain of Bob Hurley the first time I ever met him, and I didn't really meet him, we were picking up boards when he was shaping in that in Costa Mesa with Mike Lytle. Yep. And they shared a room. Yep. And it was the first Billabong thing I ever saw was a poster. Yep. And it said, "Only a surfer knows the feeling." And I look over, and and you know, Bob shaping. He's got his fucking mask on, and he's got these long ass, weird clam diggers on. <laughs> Remember, oh, yeah. yeah, and I was just like, what the hell are those? And then, what the hell is a billabong, you know? You know why billabong exists, right? You know the real reason why it's in America. Because he went there. No. Okay. Bought that a surf shop. He was shaping surfboards. He was in Newport Beach. And oh, he, he couldn't get quicksilver. Oh, he couldn't get quicksilver. Yeah. And yeah. Chip Rowland came that. back, and he was, Bob was started That's buying, right. selling billabong. And then Gordon's like, I don't need you to sell something. I need a license in America. If he would have, quicksilver just wouldn't have been. High and mighty, yeah. yeah, and sold them. There would probably never. Billabong would probably be like yeah. some Australian brand that really never got traction here. So crazy. Yeah, we 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 try to we've tried to get Bob on the show, and it's not about Bob, but just you know, you're talking about him, and like it's crazy he's how my, he's one of my best. Yeah, I still talk to Bob all the time. Yeah, but Bob's Bob's the thing about Bob now is like it's like me. I don't really care. I love you guys. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. We you guys, are, yeah. you guys are my friends and yeah. I've known you since you were Groms and you've known me since yeah. I was like, yeah. So to me, it's like, but Bob's like grandkids and he pretty much lives in Hawaii. He just, and it's like, yeah. the, what happened with the Hurley thing, this last round, I think he's just, he's just sitting back on the sidelines and let his kids do what they want yeah. to do. And just, yeah. He, he's, he's, 
sailing in the sunset like the stuff I'm doing now, I'm not in the surf industry. Yeah. I, I, I don't really care to be. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's where it's like we're going back to is we had that paradigm shift where it was like you had all the right guys. You had, you had the Malloys and like, you know. How crazy was that going back to that dissension of Hurley leaving Billabong? It that was risk. It was early. Yeah. Because like, you know, I, I'm super close with Shane Dorian. I talk to Shane all the time. But it, it was it was bad. Like yeah, Shane, no Shane. Shane stayed with Billabong. There was like, there was like to most. It was like Ross and Shane were getting along the way we marketed them. And I love Ross to death. And I always say, I don't care any surf movie you watch. Ross Williams turns hold up against anybody's turns oh, in any sure. movie today. That's how good Ross is. Yeah, yeah you definitely. know. So it's like the cat, the cat. Yeah. And it's funny because it was it, this is totally off track, but you'll get a kick out of this. I'm at my friend owns Fish One Hundred One. Eat Fish 101 in San Diego. It's a great restaurant. Nice. John Park. I walk in and Taylor Knox is sponsored. He's oh, dude, I got a good picture with you guys, blah, blah, blah. And I'll see It's okay. And then he puts it on video and he goes, hey, so who was it harder to work with, Ross or Shane? Oh, my I'm God. I'm like, you know, it's on my feet. It was on my dude. That's so good. So it was like, that's Taylor. Yeah. But my point being was the guys who really wanted to compete yeah. stayed with Bill Long. Yeah. yeah. The guys who just wanted to live a really cool lifestyle. And just surf, and, and that's like you know, Keith was on tour and then dropped off. I'm like, dude, I don't care. At that point, I didn't care if anyone did the tour. Yeah, it didn't make a difference to me yeah. at, at all. I I didn't care, and that's why when when Hurley started, it was freedom of choice and microphone for youth. Speak, have yeah. a voice, say what you want to do, whatever you want. Like I always say, we be a we, good influence and rip and be rip cool. and be yeah. be awesome, be rad, just be who you want to be. Like yeah. I don't care. And then we did that. We had such and the, the stars aligned. It was like. You know, Blink One Eighty Two blew up. You know, yeah. Noah Johnson. Well, won, Noah Johnson ran, won the Eddie. It was like yeah. there was all these things that happened all in one year. It was like it boom, was boom, boom, it boom. was like boom, 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 boom. like next you know we're like we couldn't we couldn't make shit fast enough. What was crazy is that Hurley was still doing Billabong and, and doing Hurley and doing Hurley and shipping out of the same, same warehouse for same year. building for a year. Yeah, but you know when 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 it was. When you guys started marketing, right? The the nine nine nine. Well, you know the nine nine one nine nine nine. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. emergency. Yeah, it's the emergency for England. And was it the surf industry was an was was dying? They needed an emergency. It was an, it needed an injection. And luckily for us at that time, Bob had that. We had had all that track record through the eighties into the nineties to be able to start a brand. And people looked at us and go, "Okay, we know these guys. We trust them." Yeah. Yeah. And we were able to do that, and that and that that really, like, people were going to take a gamble on Volcom now. People were going to take a gamble on yeah. brands like Ruka. People are going these new brands, and they started emerging. And you had, you had all these older brands kind of going, "Whoa, what's happening?" Like, oh, what's, yeah. and that's yeah. you know, like, you know, Billabong starts doing stuff with music. I'm like, well, you guys hated music. Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And but when you guys came out and started doing the marketing, it, you know, the nine nine nine. Oh yeah. And it just like it just burst on the scene, and the the, the importance of Blink One Eighty Two, oh yeah, and MTV, Taylor Steele, yeah, uh, yeah, Taylor. and Taylor Steele. Yeah. But when Blink Eighty Two showed up at that awards, oh yeah, wearing Hurley, they wearing won the Hurley. They opened the VMAs, won the VMA, and closed the VMAs, and they had a sticker on, and yeah. Rick DeVoe pulled the stickers off before they walked. No one's ever done that. Everything's always blurred out, but it was live, and they took their stickers off and walked down on stage wearing Hurley. Yeah. And, and like we didn't sell the Paxson when we first started we wouldn't sell we stayed true to the surf shops and that that whole thing just went crazy 
But, okay, so you look at that. 18 months later, people were hating on us that yeah. fast. Because like, dude, you're the Blink-182 brand. You guys are lame. You suck. Yeah. Right? And it was like, so that, I don't remember you guys ever remember this campaign. I can't, it was called The Essence of Surf. Yeah, I remember, yeah, remember that. that? Yeah. And it was just like, it was like Braden Diaz, big spread, Essence of Surf written in cursive, Hurley. And it was just like, we love surf. We love surf. We love surf. We love surf. Yeah. And it was the essence of surf. And it was like, you know, Resolve. And all these, like, these beautiful pictures, double page spreads. Yeah. Hold up. Just action. You know, action. Just a really cool, like, my whole thing is like, I wanted, I always wanted to put stuff out that made me want to go surfing. For sure. Like, like I watched like, what's that new movie that um, Logan Dillon just put out? Snapped. Snapped. Snap. Like that, I watched that movie and I'm like, it's I have no idea what's even going on. It's yeah. mind blowing. It's mind blowing. But yeah. like yeah. Logan, I take my hat off Ooh. to him. Like that's it. Like with Simon Rex and there, the comedy of it all. So it's, it's so good. The music and the music, yeah. like yeah. the music, everything. Like, but then again, if you look at now, back then, like rewind ten years ago, you wouldn't be able to get Metallica to be in a movie. No, no. But now they're like, okay, we need. It's all. It's all. It's all comes full circle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if you look at that. So we had the Hurley thing, and it was like killing it. And we did Essence to Serve, and then we're growing immensely, and everyone's, you know butts on the line for the money and Bob just goes look I, th- I think we should we should either go public or try to sell this thing and I'm like I'm with you but I go if we go public we'll be f- I mean I'll be fired that's why I left Quicksilver I don't know how to talk to Wall Street yeah <laughs> like I'm, I'm fired I'm out of here and then you know it was interesting because we sat down with Nike on um, September 10th and it was so quick right 2001 realize September 10th 2001 was when we sat down with Nike we flew the back that night. Two, the day before. Two years in, yeah. uh, under the brand. Yeah. Like two, two years. years. Like two years. Yeah. yeah, two years. Two years 20, under the Yeah, two years. Going on three. Going on three. Yeah. And um, and then 9-11. Oh. And we're just like, well, like, and 9-11 was like a shocker. We're just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what what's going on here and how do we fix it? And let's just, we don't even know what's going to happen. Gonna happen. And then, you know, Nike calls, you know, two weeks later and says, we want to make a deal with you guys. Henceforth, we make the deal with Nike. It starts off great, super good. And within nine months of me being at Nike, I should be fired. <laughs> and I was like, and this was me, like, I, I really like Scott Olivet, Tom Carr, Roger White, all the guys who came from Nike. I don't agree with a lot of things that they did, but they taught me how to be a businessman and they taught me how to be an executive and they taught me how to, like, stuff I would have never learned. Yeah. Like, EBITDAs and, you know, multiples and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just quite like, and because Tom Clark sat down, Tom Clark took Nike from 300 million to 8 billion. Fuck. And Never was, even heard of the guy. He's TC. He's awesome. Tom Clark? Tom Clark. So he, he sat me down one time. Bob Bob told because Bob's like, I don't want to lose Paul, but he's going to get fired. And I'm like, Tom just sat me down. He goes, hey, you're super smart. How you got here and what you're doing is insane. Because I'll regress on this, but he goes, if you don't, if you die on the sword for everything, you'll just bleed out. Yeah. And if you pick a battle for everything, you're just a nuisance. He goes, just be quiet and listen. Yeah. And then I did, and I stayed on at Nike till 2012 as a senior executive. Worked with Converse, worked with SB, worked with, like it was, I learned yeah. so much. Traveled the world. It was like it was awesome. Because once once you 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 could take a seat back and yeah. and and listen, you could see their point of view, but then you could probably introduce. But it goes, it, it goes back to the Hawaii thing. So yeah. it, was like, it goes back to every step in my life. So at that time, I was crushing it in music. Yeah. Like I, I was killing. I was, I was I, 
you know, I concert tours out. I own, I own concert tours that were making tens of thousands of dollars a night. Yeah. I'd make more in one week than I'd make in a whole year working for early. Crazy. Like, just music was going bananas, and it was yeah. the whole thing. And then this is, I think this is where I had that respect from Nike because, you know, Bob owned the majority of the share of the company, and the rest of us had to go sit in a room with the Nike lawyers, and they go, okay, everyone's got to be 100% Nike. I'm like, what does that mean? And they go, you're 100% Nike. You can't do anything on the other side. I'm like, oh, I, I can't do that. Mm. They're like, what do you mean? I go, I, I have, a, I have yeah. concert tours. and I, I got a bag this. of tricks. Yeah, I, I've got all this stuff that I do. And they're like, it's... And then, and then I'll never forget, Bob's like... He's all, you know, it's a lot of money that you're going to make. And I'm all, eh, you know, I, I, at this point. I'm, you, weren't, I'm, you weren't really telling them what you were. Yeah, they, they Bob knew what I was doing. But it was like that whole thing of like looking at what money is. Yeah. And I'm like, at this time, I'm signing bands for $3 million. Hey, we're going to sign for three, $3 million at that band. And $2 million at that band. Like millions and millions of dollars. Just, it's chaos. And I'm looking at it. So I just go, I can't do it. I, gotta leave. I, 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 I can't be part of the acquisition. Right, I can own my little bit of ownership that I have, but I, I can't do this. And I went to Bob, and Bob's like, "Hey, I understand where you're coming from, blah blah blah." And he goes, "He goes, you know, he goes, it's a lot of money." I go, so I called Tom Wally at the time, and Tom Wally is at Interscope Records, and Tom goes like this, "How much money is it?" Well, That's a lot of money, not a lot of money, but it's a lot of money. <laughs> and he goes, "Give me 24 hours." I'm like, <laughs> "Okay," and then. He calls me back like in one hour. He goes, "I'll give you that money to start your record label." <laughs> and I'm like, "Are you serious?" He goes, "I will give you that amount of money to start your own record label. I will invest that into you as a person to start your own record label." And I was like, "Wow, whoa, okay." So I called Bob. I called Bob right away, and I'm like, "Hey, I got the money." And then Bob's like, "I don't want to do the deal if you're not involved." What? Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay." And then so he called Nike, and I was the person at Nike who didn't have to. I was able to do stuff outside. Oh, so you got, you got an exception. I had an exception. To wow. But that's like when I helped with Converse, we built a recording studio for Converse yeah. in New York. I put all the people like me and Greg Teal. So at that point, and then the even better part about that is like I call Tom back the next day and I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know that they're going to let me do what I want to do this. That. And he goes, I'm still going to give them the money. I want you to do a record label too. Dude. So that's when I started my record label. Jordan Tappas worked there and still goes to this day. Jordan still owns it. And like, so we started a record label. What was it called? Record collection. Still, you know, we put out Hot Hot Heat. We put out John Prashante. We've put out The Walkman. We put we did the soundtrack for um, Spider Man Three with Sam Raimi. Like Damn. we did a lot of big yeah. big stuff. It's so crazy to you know when you were talking earlier about having to learn from the the number cruncher guys, you yeah, know, the Nike guys, the Nike University, the Hurley University. It's it's so interesting because. Like you said, you know, you sit silent and you learn, even though, you know, you're not, you don't know the words, some of the words that they're using, but yeah. you know the gist of it and you just kind of like pick it up. If, if you're, I learned if you're just smart and listen, yeah. and I learned this from Roger White, listen for the sound bite, grab the sound bite. So that happens. And then we do the deal. Everything's good. And then Nike really starts getting involved and like. It was the perfect thing for like, because Rob Machado, I brought Rob back on. I worked with Rob when he was 12. At Quick. At Quick. At Quick. Yeah. You know, and then he went to Gotcha, and then it, everyone forgets it. The, 
the thing with raw machado that's so awesome and it sucks too is like and that's where Edie worked at got a lot of people a lot of my friends worked at gotcha gotcha went out of business so so gnarly and when gotcha went out of business it gave that freedom for these surfers to not have that baggage of where they came from yeah like i think for kelly it was like you know i know one at certain points in times that bob had had a lot of conversations with kelly and but kelly is just he's quicksilver like that and quicksilver is not going to go out of business yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe now they will but you know it's like at the end of the day so rob came to hurley and then the lineage stopped because gotcha went out of business yeah. so rob had this rebirth right yeah and then rob had sat down and we, and we made the drifter yeah yeah you know and the drifter was just such a such a fun project because i i i think rob machado is the, the modern day duke Kanamuko. yeah he, he just delivers. that's a great analogy he's sure he, he's he's the gift of surfing he is just yeah he's so beautiful and we had rob on and he told us pretty like he was pretty uh what do you call it explicit like, ex- explicit but also like heartfelt like Bob Hurley kind of helped you know oh, yeah. Hurley saved his life totally yeah. during that point in time because of what he He's was all, going through I, I fell off the tour because I didn't get the wild card you know I was having you know family, family issues. issues and it's just going through a tough time and Bob's yeah. like you go do Rob yeah. we'll support you whatever yeah. and he went on the drifter and he did that you know your guys yeah. and, it was, and it was super fun for me like and all yeah. that stuff and it's like I, and it, to me, it's like everyone's like, "Oh, how come it's always Bob?" Well, because it's his name. I'm just the guy behind the scenes. I don't really care. Yeah. It doesn't need to be about me. It's his name. Yeah. And it sucks now that he doesn't even own his name. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. But that's that's what you, when you play, you pay. So yeah. fast forward. Then we start getting into Nike executives coming in and all this stuff. And like, oh, we, we should do the U.S. Open of surfing. I'm like, why? Yeah. We should do this. Why? We need this surfer why then the Malloys are like kind of like uh what are you guys doing and I'm like uh, I don't really I don't have a lot to say right now and yeah. right in the middle of contract like and Chris I talk to Chris all the time and um you know they they go hey can we have dinner I'm like yeah I drove up and sat down with them at dinner and they get hey we want out I'm like uh-huh. you're free to go and they're like seriously and I'm like dude I know you're not happy yeah you're talking the Malloys? Yeah, I'm like, why am I going to make you guys stay here? You're not happy. This isn't what, like, I get it. Yeah. And then they went on and did, I mean, Patagonia screwed them, but that's a whole different story. But, like, they put Patagonia on the map. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. If it yeah. wasn't for the Malloys, They wouldn't be in all the search. They wouldn't be in, Patagonia would, yeah. wouldn't exist in the way they treated the Malloys. Nobody should ever buy Patagonia again. Oof. And I'm saying that straight out. Like, I, I don't have I love I, it. We need, to get yeah. them, it's like, we need to get them on the story, they, on, I, the, on the podcast to hear that side of the they, story. It's for just sure. like, it's wrong and I and that it really that one pisses me off because those guys are salt of the earth yeah would be there for anybody for true sure. awesome people so that being said you start to see the paradigm shift and you're kind of going okay we're gonna we're all of a sudden we're true performance we're we're becoming more Nike ethos Nike Ethos, which yeah. Nike owns this, I get it. It's yeah. awesome. And, and the Phantom Board Short was great. It was a project, I, I named it, was the Phantom Board Short. And it set you named the Phantom? Yeah, because it didn't exist. It was the Phantom <laughs> when you wore it, so it didn't exist. And then the, the Mirage came after that, and all these other different names. It was yeah. the Phantom. But we saw, we that, that was a re- rejuvenation of Board Short. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was, yeah. Which was yeah. great. I mean, it was for great. everybody. 
Yeah. I mean, but it was like Super a, Freak, the, yeah. you know, the Hyper Freak. The Hyper like, Freak, the, yeah. the Mirage, and it was like the Phantom, yeah. because it was like, in the, the first hang tag is an, if you remember, it's, I have the old hang tag, it's an x-ray in the shorts, over the, so you can just see the bones. The, yeah. And there's like an outline of the shorts, and it said the Phantom. Yeah. Like you're not wearing yeah. a short. So that so was sick. that was the thought process. And the thing was unique about that is what people forget is we launched that short in Australia. We didn't really? launch it in America. Wow. Huh. And the reason we launched it in Australia is because I don't care what you say, I would never take advice from a Hawaiian on what 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 what, what wetsuit I should wear. Yeah. They don't wear wetsuits. Yeah. <laughs> They're miserable in wetsuits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So why am I going to take advice on the best board short in the world from guys who live in California? We surf from board shorts two months a year. Two, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> so I was, I there's a guy Pretty short this summer. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's an account in Australia called Beach Without Sand. It's a guy named Chris Friend, and there's there's you know all these different surf shops. And I'm like, we got to launch a board short in Australia. We got to deal with Australians, and they got to yeah. get behind it. Are you looking for beers? Uh, I'm looking. We got yeah, St. Saint, Saint Archer's St. Archer uh, beer. St. Archer in the. Uh, uh, beer outside I, IPA seeing our fridge. Are they? Are no, we got blonde. We got. Are they? Are they I want the cold yeah. IPA. Yeah, I think the cold IPA. Dude, Josh and Andy killed it on that one. So, so before, yeah, let's. We've never done like a in podcast commercial, but we're giving Chief some Ashland Hard Seltzer, and you're giving me some. Some St. Archer Cold IPA. Dude, Josh is doing something. He's doing Villager now. He's doing Villager Spirits. That's right. I, but he doesn't know how anything to do with He doesn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> but we told him that we, you know, hey, yeah. is it cool if we get sponsored by St. Archer? He goes, hell yes. Josh. More power to you. And we're giving you Caliente Southwest Grill card. To got, You know where that is, right? Yes, yeah, it's right. It's on 17th Street. Yeah. And uh, well, well, since, also, we're giving, since we're giving shout outs right now, I'm gonna give a shout out to if you 17th Street, best Hawaiian food on the planet. I pulled it chef out there yesterday, bro. Chef Gene, right? Chef, you just he just was out, he was at the worlds in um, I was in Vegas and he was out doing well, the worlds. I am really psyched to Which crack open this same Archer cold IPA. Yeah, this, this is, is my first time drinking this one. Um, very tasty. Thank you for hooking us up, St. Archer. Thank you, Adam Warren. Yeah. Um, oh, Adam Warren. Adam Warren, yeah. baby. Adam Warren. And Don Lee. Yeah. Um, Adam Warren's a really and good That's not it. That's not, that's not all the gifts that you're getting, bro. You're also getting... Sunblock, but I'm never going to wear. The famous, though. The famous Strider Raspberry, Raspberry Wazalewski is hooking you up with some shade sunscreen. Raspberry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Lyndon puts us on when it's overcast at six in the morning. That that's how dedicated he is. Do you not want to? Do you wear sunblock? I wear sunblock all the fucking time. You don't? You, never. He doesn't rub never, it in. Ever? When I go to Mexico, I might put it on. Like I spray my face a little bit. Wow, dude. Yeah. Well, you're gonna. But I probably. But I've already had cancer. So you're gonna use what does shade. It matter? You're gonna yeah. use shade sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. around since the sun. Is it just? <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it's keep if it's keeping Ryder from getting burned. Yeah. Do you guys? I can say whatever I want. I was yeah. going to say, do you guys remember when, when um, Bruce Beach did Bruce Beach's um, sun sauce? I kind of do. It was, it was, I don't remember. And it, was, it didn't work. But, and it, was like barbe- awesome. it was like barbecue sauce. <laughs> and everyone in Puerto got sunburned. Worse than Bullfrog? No, no, Bruce Puerto Beach. Guy. It was um, uh, Chris Burke. Chris. Chris Burke. Yeah. Big B. No, yeah, Big B. Big B, okay. Big B. Oh, my God. He did That's Big funny. B sun sauce. 
Oh, oh that's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Sun sauce. Big yeah. B sun sauce. And I'll never forget, like, oh, Big B, I got your back. And I put it on. I got the <laughs> worst sunburn ever. I was like, Intensified. What? what in the world? Like that. It's never using sunblock again. Oh, my Big God. Big B sun sauce. We call it Big B's barbecue sauce. Do you ever eat bonsai bowls? Uh, Joe Bard, come on, bro. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. Joe Bard's so my boy. we we got some uh, gift gift cards for you for bonsai. I love Joe. Yeah. Joe Bard's my homie. I love that guy. It's during, so... during the um during the riots, we me and all the jujitsu guys were down mm. protecting his place in San Clemente. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. what uh, he told me. Yeah, he yeah. was. I call him up. And he's like, he's like, dude, we're in high school. I'm like, we got you covered down here. Yeah, all good. Yeah, all, all we, the guys down front. We we hang out work. with them a lot now. Joe Bard's yeah. a wonderful he's, he's, human. Yeah, he's I mean, a he's a he gives back, and he's just all family and true to his word, and he's just all about pause. Yeah, you so know, I'll talk about positivity. some of the, some of the stuff I'm working on that that yeah. ties into like what Chef's doing, what John Park's doing. But back to what I was saying, so henceforth, Mikey starts doing a bunch of stuff, and it's I, I'm like kind of that last voice of reason. Yeah, and then I start getting not uninvited to meetings. Yeah, they're like I'm like why why would we do that? Yeah. Mm. And they're like, well, that's, that's a t-. I'm like, no, that's... You're supposed to be yeah. a yes man that, or you're out. Yeah, and I was just... And, but I, I resigned. Everyone else stayed, got the ride. I left on my own terms. Yeah. And to this day, everyone's like, dude, you were the guy who left on his own Good terms. Good for you, dude. Yeah, yeah, I left on my own terms. And it's, So can we talk about what... I, I was baffled at how Nike bought early. And then Nike started a surf brand, right? When they had, you know... Julian and Chloe. And I'm going to answer your question. We're the Trojan horse. Yeah. We're that, the Trojan horse. That was a Trojan horse. Yeah, it was, horse. it was very inexpensive for them to buy us and for us to be the Trojan horse. Because realize, they bought us. Yeah. Then they launched SB. Yeah. yeah. They'd never had any traction. And then we had access to the skateboarders. They signed P-Rod, Eric Costin. And all my skaters, when Nike bought us, Steve Barrow, all they all quit. Yeah. I can't believe you guys sold to Nike. Six months later, when Costin, P-Rod, Lance Mountain, all these guys are on Nike, they all come back and go, do we want to be back on the program? I'm like, yeah. no. Yeah. You guys are gone. You yeah. quit. Yeah. Like, we, it, I take Nike's genius company. You have to look at that time, I think they were doing $40 billion through the cash register and doing zero in action sports. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Zero. Don't. Nothing. They, they, they buy tried. Hurley. Yeah. Hurley grows immensely with them under their umbrella. They launched 6.0, which which to me, I didn't really understand it, but whatever, I had to work for it, and I get it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, can I interject here? Yeah. 6.0 was so successful that I was baffled because they had their core market with the SB, yep. and then they had the mass market with the 6.0. And I was like, holy fuck, they've kind of, they ran the game, right? They, they came, if, here's, I'll say this, all day long. Do you know why Bill Bong was so dang successful in in all of Taylor Seals movies? Do you Benji? know why? Benji. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Benji. Do you know why? Kelly Slater. Yeah. Because Kelly Slater. So I was like, why don't you guys sponsor Kelly Slater? I'm like, all my guys hang out with him. They're in everywhere. He's yeah. in every, he's in everything I need him to be yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna sell it. Yeah. He's gonna sell it because because you guys are a big supporter and investor and like you know sponsor. So it was like so to me it's like everywhere. Yeah. You had. Benji, Shane, Ross, all three of them lawyers. Karani. Kalani. Yeah. Kalani went to Rusty by then. Uh, 
Hodge. God, there's there there's was, a lot. Saxon. Rizal. Rizal. Yeah, yeah Saxon. Yeah. Jay Larson. No, this this guy hooked me up. Like, I mean, amateur days, you know, he's running yeah. the Billabong team, and this guy is so generous. Like, I'm with Quicksilver. Who knows where our team manager is? Freaking partying somewhere. <laughs> Paul's got a couple rooms for all the Groms. He's like, dude, you come, come everybody. We're like, gonna go to dinner. You want to stay here? Everybody. Like, I was sponsored by Bill Bong. You didn't have to alarm twice. Yeah. No, my whole thing was like, yeah, free food. Okay. Now, here's the thing I go back to is like, and everyone will say this. Yeah. Like, I would always. Th- this is really funny. Yeah. Keone Watson. Yeah. <laughs> so bags, is kind of getting a runaround from Quicksilver back in the day. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're back. You're gnarly. You're, you're the guy. And I'm like, I'm gonna. I made him a fake contract. Yeah. To take and go. This is what Bill Bond's offered me, and they paid him way more. That's yeah. awesome. I would do that all the time. I'm like, dude, yeah. you're making a fake contract. Go get more money. Yeah. I would do it all the time. I didn't care because no. I just wanted you guys to win. Yeah. So back to what you were saying, 6.0. So you had all that stuff happening, and Nike was really smart, you know, and they they took advantage of the aspect. So right then, you 30 or 40 billion. I can't remember off the top of my head. They're doing they're none of it in action sports. Now they're starting to get traction in action sports. Hurley's doing a few hundred million, six point oh soon, SP's killing yeah. it. You know, so fast forward, you know, when I decided to leave, it was like this is one of the best moments, the epiphany moment I had. So a couple things that were really big thorns in my side, and I, I was on a warp tour podcast with Kevin Lyman, because I was involved in the warp tour from the first year ever and Billabong was a sponsor and Hurley was a sponsor. Warp Tour was, had everything to do with Hurley's success. I don't care what anyone says, every band, everything. And um, when Nike said I couldn't be part of the Warp Tour anymore because it was Vans. And I'm, wow. like, I'm like, Steve Van Doren doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. Steve's like, he's he's all good. Yeah, yeah. Like, why are you telling me I can't be part of it? Well, you know, it's just, and I'm like. This is this is good for the this, industry. This is good, this for, the industry. Industry. Yeah. good for the culture. Like, that shouldn't be an issue. So, I'm in Australia and this, and we took over the U.S. Open. So when I took when we took over the U.S. Open, we took it over. and We had a strategy of, and this by this time I'm running doing concert, it everywhere. Yeah, doing concert tours and everything else. And I looked at it and I went, okay, I'm not going to have Supercross on the beach. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not going to have things that aren't part of the beach. Skateboarding is going to be on the beach. We're going to bring live music back. I run concert tours so I can get all the best bands. We have Weezer. We had MGM. So, yeah, like, gnarly. But I knew how to run a tour so there wasn't going to be a riot. Yeah. Like I made everyone park south, not downtown. Yeah. Like everyone had to go away from downtown. Yeah, you guys were busting in everybody Bus, from like, like, yeah, from yeah, all the high school like, parking lots. The, and, we did it like, because I knew how to run a concert tour. Do all that. And the first year, there's this guy's name's Jeff Sakaris. And he worked at my record label and he worked at Hurley. And he, he, I think he had so much to do with changing surfing. So that being said, we're, we're there, and I learned this when we were doing the Hurley Pro. I was like, okay, this goes back to changing prize money. We're standing on the, this is when Rabbit's running the tour, and Bob's like, that's all the money? Let's double the money. Let's make it 120 grand, first place. Remember that? Yeah. It was like finals day. Finals day. And we're like, we're going to change it to this. They're like, holy shit. And, like, and Bob, we're like, just lowers or honey? Lowers. Yeah. Lowers. Yeah. Winner takes all. Yeah. And it was Kelly and Taj. Oh my! Right, gosh. and I'll never forget this. I love Sonny. I wish he was here, and, and God, I pray for him every day. Oh. But like, so Taj has Kelly combo, right? <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, it's on!" Oh, second, Sonny's all, <laughs> yeah. 
That's Kelly Slater. <laughs> you think he's going to lose? A six-foot wave's going to come out of the blue. And he's like, he's... Kelly waxed him. But we changed prize money at that point. Yeah. And then we changed it forever. It was, yeah. and, it, and it's now, it's high price, but it hasn't changed again. Yeah. And that's been almost 20 years. Yeah. So every 20, like, every 20 years, Bob and I would change prize, like increase it, double it. Yeah. With that being said, when I got to the US Open, I was like, I hated the US Open for the sheer fact of like, drunken, obnoxious stupidness and they could all be in the competitors area yeah and then the first year we did it i'm like there's like people with their girlfriends are drinking and mick fanning's trying to stretch yeah and people are and i'm like hey everyone's out of here yeah like, the IP area and then i created the locker rooms yeah jerseys remember we were the first person yeah. to put numbers on jerseys yeah first people to create locker did you rooms. really do that yeah you yeah you came up with the locker yeah. room 100 percent, bro yeah the locker rooms that started with jeb and i that's Jeb called me the other day. He goes, I just remember you sitting there. And you know what I said? I go, if this was a concert venue, every band would leave. Yeah. They would not play here. Concert bands want a backstage area where they can be private. Be private and prepared. Yeah. They want a green room. And we don't have that in surfing. And we changed it. And like now it's like, that was like, that was, that changed it. Yeah. And we did it. Hurley Pro, US Open. It was yeah. like, it changed it. I, yeah. The surfers should be able to like, get it. Like, even we, remember we, the upstairs, yeah. Athletes were here. Your family had to be over there. Yeah. If you want to go hang out with your family, walk over there. Your family's not coming in to hang out with you in the outfit. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like that whole change of era of what was happening. And that came from me being in the music industry. But then it also created the precedence of, of like really getting jockey. Yeah. Really getting like. Kind of legit, legitimizing. Yeah. But it, it became it became more of like a. a, a but a that sport. Was, but that a was. Sport. Yeah. But it needed to happen. It needed to happen. It was so needed. And you guys, you know, you know, again, just you, you elevated the the sport and you elevated the athletes. Yeah, you know? for sure. It made them feel more important. That you gave them more opportunity to shine. Yeah. My whole thing is like what you said. I, when you were a kid, it's like, dude, you need a place that you can stay with me. I'm going to dinner. You could eat. Yeah. Like I, I just want. I didn't have. I like. That's where it goes back to. Because I, was, I, I wasn't the pro surfer. Yeah, yeah. Because I was. I just wanted to be part of it. So I want everyone to be part of what I was doing. Yeah. Well, ha- half my best friends were on Billabong. The other half were on Quicksilver or some other team. And, and but we all hung out together. It didn't like. Oh, it wasn't segmented. Like, oh, you're with the Billabong crews, and yeah. you know, like it was. We're all hanging out. Yeah, yeah, and that and that was the essence of Benji's house. Yeah. Right. That was Benji's house. Like I just remember being at Benji's house and everyone was there. Like that picture of everyone on the trampoline. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like that, that there was something to be said for that. And that I think for now, if you, if you look forward and, and then, so I go to do the Australian open and um, I'm in Australia and I'm there. I just signed the contract and festivals of lights. I'm in, I'm in Sydney, like huge thing going on. And I get a call and the Nike goes, um, we're not going to, we need to back out of the, Australia, back out of the Australian Open. And I'm like, oh. I just locked in. I can't do that. Oh, yeah, you can. We're not, we're not going to support you in doing it. And everyone what thinks... What was the reason? Did, did they, they just, they just, They just didn't see, like... Australia as a... They, they, just, they just didn't have the vision. They thought they had the vision, but then there was things going on. I, I didn't really know the reason why. And, and it was going to be a Hurley Pro in Australia. It was, no, it was going to be the Australian Open. Hurley Australia Australia Open. Australia Open. Oh. Yeah, Hurley it's exactly what we did in Huntington. So the U.S. Open, Australia. It was going to be Australian yeah. Open. And I had, I had already got, because at that point, Brisbane had every event. It, like, everyone forgets that the hot butter, all those things happened in Sydney, right? All the big events happened there. Yeah, so the old Manly. Studies, yeah. Manly, yeah. you know, you had Manly, you had 
Bondi. You had all those. Those were like that was Mecca. That was like that's the Huntington Beach for sure. of Australia, right? Yeah. You, you, you. The Gold Coast is more of like the trussels. It's it's got the metropolitan, but it's got the waves that yeah. That it doesn't Everyone have. Has, it doesn't have Sydney. It doesn't yeah. have. Right. You come out of Sydney, and it's like man. You're going to like you're going to Manly. Manly first and four. You know, it's the closest straight shoot, and then yeah. you, know, you could branch out, which yeah, would it, be you know Newport Laguna. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then you go down to the northern beach. You go to the northern yeah. beaches like Avalon and like so that, beautiful. It's so beautiful, right? Yeah. But so you can't host an event at those places. No. So, but you could host it at Manly. So, the Sid- Sydney bid on the event. We uh, Brisbane wanted it, and Sid- and I went with Sydney. We ra- I raised a bunch of money from the city to, to have the event there. And then I get I'm at I'm, I'm seriously I'm at the, the fest like Google the Festival of Lights in Australia. It's on the bridge. And it's like. The craziest light show over the or like the opera house it's, it's insane i'm with like prime i'm like with all the big mucky mucks and my phone there and they're like tell me we're not going to do this what but am i like, i'm like I, I have to like I, even if even if i have to pay for i have to do this like yeah i've got 30 years of relationships and surfing yeah. like i can't i can't call andrew stark right now and tell him no yeah i can't talk i can't call it's these, too late for that it's too late and they're like no you're gonna do it and i went i'm not I put my phone down. I'm like, and I call Bob, and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna go meet Gordon. Yeah. He's like, I go, we can't back out of it, so I'm gonna go make a deal with Bilbo. Wow. And I was like, he's like, uh, and Bob's like, I, I got your back, but pff, I, I don't know how that's gonna play over at Nike. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know how good that's gonna go. Yeah. And I, I went and I talked to Gordon, and I just said, hey, Quicksilver's on their heels. They have no idea what they're doing. They have zero direction. You guys are coming back swinging super hard. Yeah. We're killing it. Why don't we unite together and do the Billabong Hurley Australian Open of Surfing? And they're like, Gordon's like, okay. Wow. And I was like, let's do it. Yeah. I'm like, let's do it. Dude, it was it was amazing. And then That's I was fucking crazy. Yeah, it was gnarly. Like, because remember when that got announced, everyone thought Billabong bought Hurley. Yeah, everyone was like, "What? Billabong and Hurley are doing an event together?" Like, it blew people's minds, and nobody knew. And the, the day, what did, what did Nike say after that? Well, one of the that they, the executive, the RCO at the time, told me I should be fired. On the spot. <laughs> yeah, he goes, "You should be fired." I'm like, "Well, okay. Well, if you're gonna fire me, fire me." Yeah, but I, it's it's already done. This deal's. I made the deal. I signed the contract. I had the power to sign it. It's done. We're, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Fire me after it's done. Whatever. Yeah. I just so, got you off the hook, and you're still going to get all this play. Like what? You yeah. Know, you're still. It, but yeah. Okay. It was. It was really. Go, go crunch some numbers over there. Dude, it was. It was bad, and it was like so. So we make the deal. Then at this time, I'm in. I'm in Australia working with the Billabong guys all the time. Like, and Nick Talbert came and actually worked at Hurley. Like a lot of the guys came and worked at Hurley down the line, but. It was so fun. I was staying in the Blue Sea Apartments. You know where that's at? Right at Kira. The Blue Sea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there. Right there at Kira. Like, and it was firing. And it was like, those, like the Billabong guys would be like, it's firing Kira. Go surf. We'll work till 10 o'clock at night. Let's just, like, let's, that's, <laughs> yeah, priorities. Dude, that's that, right. that, was, that was what, it, and we, at that point, we were told not to hang our wetsuits inside or early. Like, we don't want you, don't bring your surfboards around. Don't hang your wetsuits up. This is like, this is like museum-esque, blah, 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 whatever. I'm like, Wow. This Gosh, is weird. so it was. I hate that. So it's, it just it got super weird. Yeah, and then um, so it's like you bought us for a reason. You yeah, bought but, us but, for but a we're reason. the Trojan Horse. They bought us to build the ramp, which makes sense. Yeah. So, but so here's the here's the epiphany moment. You know what I'm saying? Cha- yeah. You can't change. 
you can't uh, in our culture the but you can't salt. That's why they don't own it anymore. Yeah. And it's on. It's like Hurley's a new body glove. Yeah, I didn't say it. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't that's me. That was shocky. No. <laughs> good for them. Yeah, no, I, like I have no disrespect for body glove. I, I, when Jeeves was at body glove, I wore tons of body glove wetsuits. I support yeah. Scott Daly and all. Love, love Jeeves. Yeah, so it's like, but so here here's where here's the epiphany moment. So we're we have to do this big launch, and we're we're at, I can't remember the name of the hotel right at Manly Beach, and um. It's Laura Never, Mick Fanning, Barton Lynch, Mark Ocalupo. It was like every gnarly Aussie, Amer- like we had a whole table. We had press, everything. We just dropped the screen and go, Bill Obama and her doing the US Australian Open together. And people were like, holy shit. Like it just went over the, it went over the airwaves globally. Like, yeah. And then I'll just, I'll never, I get chills thinking about it right here. Yeah. It was like, Mark Acalupo stood there and welled up with tears. He goes, it's so gnarly to see. It was like a divorce. Like, Bob Hurley was like my family. The Paul, they were my family. And there was a divorce. And they parted ways. Yeah. And I didn't have that relationship with those guys anymore. It was really weird. It was awkward. It was terrible. And blah, blah, blah. And he goes. Bands back together. And he goes, we're family again. Wow. He goes, we're a family again. And I was yeah. like, and, and I was like, it was like, it was so emotional. It was like, it was, that's it was, rad. It was awesome. And that's what our industry, you know, needs. It's what we've lost. That's what we lost. And, and it's like, you know, you need, we, there can't be one or two brands like waving the flag. Everybody, it's got to be a collective. Yeah. It's got to be, be a collective. Bob McKnight back in the day said, you know, it's a pond and everyone has to like, what was that saying? Uh, now I'm butchering things. Yeah, yeah. Usually you did it last time. You two sips of beer. Yeah, <laughs> dude, these are hey, St. Archer. You didn't hear the show. It's light, late night with lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but what was I saying? Yeah, something some, about a pond. Yeah, some some about some like minnows in a pond that yeah. swim faster something than about, <laughs> Something about God. Now I can't fucking remember. Yeah. So so here so I go to, I go up I go back up to the Gold Coast. We're working on the event, the whole thing, and at this time, like, I'm I'm so disenfranchised because I I've, I've like looked at like, you pulled off a fucking miracle. Yeah, but it was just it was it was this thing that like, and I was hanging with the Billabong guys, and they were so rad, and, and like, Flino and Shannon North, and those like they're just, I'm like, man, these guys are still doing it. They're still, yeah, like, it made me. Like, I loved the music aspect. I loved all the change, but it, it, it really just grounded me back. I'm like, hey, I'm a surfer. Yeah. Surfing gave me, if I didn't, if I didn't, Amen, ride my skateboard, yeah. if I didn't get, have my friend's dad take me surfing, if I wouldn't have pulled screens at Lance. We preach it every you day. You know, and, and the, all that whole thing. So, surfing gave me everything, and I'm working for a company that really, this was the epiphany moment. So, I come back, I'm at the Blue Sea apartment, that's why I brought it up. And I'm in, at this point, I'm like, I have like 70 people reporting to me and it's like I go up to Nike and I have my phone I'm like dude look at Kira oh my god oh and then the guys are just all the Nike yeah. guys yeah just everybody they, they like just, even the guys who were, were with me like we're just like they're get, we're getting paid tons of money we don't care we're, and I'm like oh yeah I'm all I'm that guy I want I, that I, I go I swear I'm like I swore I'd never be this guy and I called my lawyer up I'm like these are job offers I've gotten recently and what's the worst one with the most upside? Yeah. And, and I was like, and I was, wait, did you say what's the worst one? The worst one with the most upside. 
podium. Worst one, <laughs> no upside. But um, yeah. So it was like my old alma mater. Yeah. So so um, Brian Dunlap, love him to death. Yeah. Genius. Love that guy. Yeah. And I made him the president of the company when I was there. <laughs> Within two months, he was he was running the company. And um, so I come I come back. I have that meeting. I call my lawyer. And I'm like, so I fly back from Nike on a Thursday. And I walk into Roger Wyatt's, who's the CEO of the company. He's like, he, by this time, he's freaking out. He's like, this is the biggest news ever, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe I, I was wrong. I, this, this, this is huge. It's so great for the brands. I'm like, okay, who was telling you not to do it? Him. Him. Roger was. Yeah. Well, like, he was being told by Nike. So yeah. Was, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I, but you I, pulled I, off a miracle. I pulled off a miracle. And, you know, and the feedback was great. And they're now every, flipping their script and changing their tone. Everybody was like, this is great. Yeah. It's amazing. Quicksilver is like completely. We've just. And you're like, here's my yeah. resignation. I just like this. I go, I'm not here to talk about it. I'm here to resign. Yeah. And he just went. I'm totally Because you didn't have my back. You no, know, I just said, it wasn't had nothing to do with having my back. It just oh. was like, I just was like, this isn't who I am. Yeah. And I just go, he goes, if you talk to Bob, I go, why would I talk to Bob? I don't yeah. work for Bob. I work for you. Yeah. So Bob doesn't know you're resigning. Well, no. I don't, I don't have to talk to Bob. I work for you, and I don't want to work here anymore, and I'm done. I'm out of here today. Yeah, me and yeah. Bob will still be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here yeah. today. Want to step outside? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of Nike guys I asked to step outside, and got, Bob had called me and said, please don't beat them up. Yeah. I've choked people. Yeah. yeah. Your resignation should have had a photo of Kira and says, like, yeah. this is me. Gone surfing. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then I was like, so then... Ow. Ow. <laughs> no, it was a full mic drop. I just turned around and walked away, and I was like, "Dude, you quit. You resigned. You, you, and Bob, like, did this. Like, you're out." I'm like, "Done. This yeah. is this isn't who I am anymore." Yeah. I, and I, I, and, I, and we, and and all of our listeners, and especially we appreciate like this because like candidness and you, well, just somebody to have you get to that point, and it, and it's like, yeah, it's your livelihood. You got money, and it's Dude, it's making, all your boys. I was making a ton. It's, money. Yeah. You know, you got. But all, it's not about money. Well, it's not no. about money. No, it's it's, it's about integrity, about your 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 life, and and what your what makes you happy. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Like doing the right things, and Keep, you're doing all the right things, and you're not getting. Yeah. You're it, not getting patted on the back for. Wasn't even about a pat on the back. It was. It was. But that's wait, your job. Wait, wait a minute. At a certain point, I wasn't doing all the right things. I was doing all the wrong things that I thought were right. And when I went and made that deal with Billabong and hung out with the guys. Who actually still lived surfing? Yeah, I went. Wow, I've been doing. I'm the I call it the happy happy Gilmore moment. I should kick my own ass. Yeah, and I just went. I'm out. I don't want to do this. I have no disrespect for what you guys are doing. I just it's not what it's not. You're me. going to get some yeah. pain. I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't punk rock. Yeah, this isn't a twin fin. This isn't Taylor Steele. This isn't this isn't Warp or Warp and- Tour. This is this is just like I've learned so much. I'm super blessed. I'm so thankful. What a blessing! Yeah, not who I am. And then I went to podium. You guys out with fucking dorks, and I'm out. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't say that. But because uh, I, I, that's just, what she thought, though. No, I, 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 I appreciate them for what they, what they. Like I don't play golf. Yeah. Like I'm no. not a golfer. Yeah. Neither I, am I. No. You, you know golf? No. No, I'm not a golfer. Yeah, so I don't golf. I just don't. I just. Yeah. There's just certain things I don't do. And and then I went to podium, and that was like 11 months and a total disaster. And it was, and I just went. Wow, this whole industry is spiraling down the toilet. Yeah. I just it was at that po- certain still that it, point. Still is. Yeah. yeah, it's even worse now. It's just it's just like now the people who have the plungers don't know what hole to plunge. Yeah. yeah, you know. So it's like I stepped out and left and started doing other things. And 
Now I consult and live my life and surf every day. And I to make way less money than I've ever made in my whole life. And I'm but totally stoked. When, yeah. when you left with the years you made money and hopefully invested. invested. Oh, yeah. You, but I, did I you would, have a construction company too at one yeah, point? Yeah, we had a construction company with um, yeah. Lula Badante. Yeah. It was weekend work, <laughs> weekend work, wood repairs. Yeah. 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 What we used to, it, funny, this is, yeah. you, yeah, know, you, know, you know Lou, right? Yes, of so course. Lou, this is a fact. I don't know if it's a fact anymore, but a long time ago. In California, if a termite company comes out and inspects your house, they can't fix it. They can't fix it? They can't fix it because it's, they, they just tell everything's wrong and then they would just fix it. Yeah. So they have to give you an inspection and you have to have somebody come out and fix it. Yeah. So Lou and I started Weekend Warrior Wood Repairs. Yeah. And we just come out and fix everyone's fascia board or their decks or whatever. And that's yeah. what we did. Yeah. Killed it. Yeah. Construction company, and then we took it and did whatever we did with it. When did you do that? God, a long, 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 long time ago. Always, I always did everything. Everything like everything. Long like, time ago. Everything I always did everything on the side. I never. I always had to have a plan B because that, that's the thing for me when I looked at other people was like when I left the surf industry, I was still managing bands. Yeah. I still had concert tours. I still had a record label. Yeah. Like I, I, I had all these really cool things that were still happening. Yeah. Like I didn't, it wasn't like I was out of a job. It was like, yeah. oh, okay, now I'm going to go focus, focus on records or I'm going to go focus on working on a movie or doing something here or doing something there. It was like, it, it, and it kind of really took away from a lot of the stuff that, that really, like, one of my biggest, I'm no fanboy for, because I think Pat Tenori really, like, I talked to Pat all the time. I was yeah. with him the other day. I just love how he, he stayed the course with the art thing and now he, he, everything that he loves to do, he's integrated into his brand. Yeah. And it just sucks that that, that he's well, locked we, into the board writer. Oh. Or, and and it's like you have all these you have all these people like I remember having conversations with people and they go, Well this sitting there I go, Okay, where do you paddle out at pipe? Yeah. Which way do you go when a West Peak comes in at sunset? Yeah. I'm like, you don't know the answer. Yeah. What do you do when a Hawaiian says what to you? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, what? I, I, what? I think I think what you're you're, you're saying is is Pat stays, or or treats the brand, you know, and, he lives and, 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 and he like lives what it. he's into yeah, and it's yeah. authenticity, and we bring that up a lot on, yeah. on the show, and it's like he's managed to keep it the way and and his role in yeah in Ruka yeah like yeah. One, one of the funnest yeah. things like so for sure I'm, I'm wearing this shirt it's called Bachans. And so what is that? Bachan's is Japanese barbecue sauce. It's the best sauce in the world. I'll bring you guys a gift of it. Is it sweet, spicy? Did you say spicy? We have, no, my friend Justin. So I like spice. It's, um, yeah, it's, spi- it's sweet and spice. They have spicy. Yeah. We have OG. We have... Um, we just well, like they sponsor the podcast. I don't know. We just started sponsoring our first surfer, Kei Kobayashi, who I love. Nice. Kei Kobayashi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we love him too. Kei Kobayashi. He's, yeah. uh, that kid is the... Masaki-san. Part. He's the hardest hustler on the planet. Oh, he is. But like, I, like if I look at surf, like if I look at surfing today, my favorite surfers are number one, hands down, my favorite surfer in the world is Nathan Florence. Nathan Florence. I love Nathan to death. Yeah. You know why Nathan's so rad? Because Nathan. He looks like he have freaking a personality. He is right yeah. tag team with Nathan. Favorite surfer Billy Kemper. Yeah. Billy Kemper. Do you know why? Because those guys have so much personally personality in and out of the water. Yeah, they're getting they're, they're, they're just living their Billy as a dad. And then right there, Shane, like Shane Dorian, Billy Kemper, Nathan Florence, Yaden. Like, I think these guys who have been able, like, you go through the airport in San Diego, it's all Yaden and his family. Yeah. Right? They, they've, they've transcended and, and are still doing something amazing. It's their family. And 
I think that's important. And I I think that's where you have to look at and where's the hustle at. So for me, with like like a company like Botchons, is like I was a, I was an owner and a company and a founder of a company called My Power Dot. Have you ever seen those? The muscles, my, my muscle stem on an app. It's insane. Power, is it? My Power Dot. My Power Dot. It's a muscle stem. So you like you, know, you get like um like Mark Pros and all that stuff, and you have that big giant thing, and it's you have to muscle carry, stem. Yeah, with the sticky stem. pads and yeah. So we have sticky pads, and the pod's that big, and you put it on. It's an app on your phone. Ah. So it was like, and there's all the muscle steam, and you walk around with something. We used, to, we used to go through mm-hmm. Japan or, or Singapore and buy all the like, you know, muscle stems. Muscle stems. So my friend Eric brought me in on that one, and I brought Dr. G and Brandon Lillard. That's funny, Brandon just called me. And, yeah, Brandon, we're yeah, supposed he, to get home on the podcast. Because yeah. to me, Brandon Lillard, Nar. he's probably one of the best marketing guys on the planet. Yeah. He's not politically correct. No. And that's why I love him because. I hate the cancel culture. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I am so baffled the cancel culture lives in our in surfing. Yeah. Because yeah. we always, you go left, I'll go right. Just, let's just surf. Oh. And now it's like, it's, yeah. no, it's. Well, we, that's so we poignant. Yeah. Poignant? Poignant? Poignant. Poignant. Yeah. Silent G. You go left, I go <laughs> right. Or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Doesn't you matter. go left, yeah. I go right. But I'm gonna say that from now on. But it's I, like, yeah, it's, split the fucking peak, boys. Yeah, but everyone's like, no, you like it's it's, it's right now with like, I, I, it's it's not to get on the political thing. No, we don't get Chief a go go. But like, yeah. here's a real thing. It's like it's to me. It's like, guess what, guys? I'm mandating that every one of you guys write a single thing. Yeah. It's like what? <laughs> Just for today, though. <laughs> that single thing works really good but it's only going to work for six months and then you need to get a soft hot single thing because yeah. that's going to be and it just gets worse down the line so next thing you know you're on a body board yeah. but it's really good for you that's yeah. a totally different well, thing I know but, hey, but my body board won't work as good if you don't ride your body board either so. yeah but the um, but no I, I, I mean I know, we know where you're coming from and I think it, it's just in the culture like period is the, yeah. the wussification hey. of of like the youth and, and the every, wussification yeah. yeah you know they're you soft. Know like they're soft and like Brandon, we, we brought it up because Brandon is like he's a man's man he's a man and, and people have tried to he has conviction and he's like hey he's I'm done gonna s- get backlash but you know what I'm he's gonna, done I'm so gain. much for people that like yeah. you turn it, like there's people who like against it and he's paid for them to go to Tavaro four times like and I just look at him and go you don't like what because he has an opinion yeah yeah it's I, guess what? If you're gay and you're my friend, you're still my friend. Yeah, I don't care. No, yeah. no, I don't care what you do. Yeah, you're, you're still my. I'm not one to judge. Unless you're, you're harming, unless you're, you're, you're harming somebody, that's it. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. But if you're yeah. not harming anybody, yeah, dude, go live your life. But now it's like, no. I don't know if this is in the Bible or what, somewhere in the in the world that saying this too shall pass. It's Bible. Okay, that's what's gonna <laughs> happen. Yeah, this, yeah. It, it, this shall pass. Yeah. You, you never know. This, this, this well, let's, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> hey, so Brandon Lillard is Brandon Lillard. He's one of my dear. Like, yeah. I, I talked to Brandon. Like, look at we we, we miss we, call Brandon Lillard. No, yeah. well, like you, you can't see that font. It's like nineteen. <laughs> oh, and I have glasses just in case you guys are gonna make me read something. <laughs> You need to get an iPad to see our whole text message. <laughs> hey, this is a really good thing, too, we're doing. Um, this Enoch Harris. Oh, Caddis. Caddis, yeah. Enoch, yeah. Enoch. I was going to do it, and then Enoch and I were together at Coachella. He's like, we're doing it. But so I think Enoch's genius. So, okay. 
So let's get to your. What are you doing now? Yeah. So my, right now. What so aren't you doing? My now? favorite yeah, thing. What are you doing now? So right now, so Bachans is is by this kid Justin. He's, sauce. It's it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's Japanese barbecue sauce. Bachans is slang for grandmother in Japanese. Okay. Justin was very successful in the um, in other market spaces. When, yeah. But um, my whole thing is like he decided that that would ethically with his kids and want to do that. So his family created this barbecue sauce. And he would give it away. His dad's a gardener. And everybody's like, what the heck? He would give it away. And it was a gift from their family to all their... And all of a sudden, they're like, dude, why don't you guys bottle this? Why don't you bottle this? And Justin took all of his money and um, bottled it. And he went to every co-packer. They go, are you cold? Yeah. Do you need a... Do you need a here, here's a, here's a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> no, here, take a blanket. You're hey, making me nervous. Hey, he's an islander. Like, yeah. It gets cold under Saturday. He's yeah. like, he thinks it's <laughs> snowing out. Dude, that's just the worst thing ever. Island boy. So... <laughs> The worst. I, I wrote. I wrote. I wrote. This is what COVID would be if it was human, yeah, right? Yeah. There was a meme of like, oh. so everybody would. I'm come, a, I'm a everybody would come come to my house before the the surfer polls, yeah. And and I mean, the house is packed, and whoever made it back and passed out was getting. You know, getting drunk ink, was getting ink, yeah. inked yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, and I mean sharpies, sharpied. And there, the there, and there was a meme, 1998. Like, this is a meme of when you got a lot of ones. And, 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 and now this is cool. And now this is cool. And it's just like all the Face same. tattoo. <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an island boy. So, so, <laughs> so with, bad. So with Botchon, so I met this suit, Eric Ladder. He introduced me. He called my friend, he called Justin. He goes, hey, if you the stuff you want to do, you should probably connect with Paul Gomez. He knows all these people and all this stuff. And yeah. So I started talking to Justin on the phone. He's like, I really want to do something. I go, well, I'm going to drive and meet you. He's like, what do you mean? He lives in Sebastopol. And, um, I That's go, far, right? Yeah, it's far. And I go, he goes, you're going to drive up here? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to drive up and meet with you. And I go, why? Because talking to you over the phone, you might not like me and I might not like you. Yeah. Well, let's just hang out for We're a old school. Like, let's hang out for no a No Zoom. We're face-to-face. So we hung out. And I love the kid. He's amazing. super talented. So he's, this, this sauce is just like hands down. Everyone you give it to, like they just trip out. Like the Hawaiians love it. Like it's, it it's so good. So we've been I've been doing a lot of stuff with him. So that's one of our one of my big projects. Another project is um, I work with um, uh, a foundation that we started years ago, and I help not as much because of COVID the last couple of years. It's called the Kiala Foundation. Kiala. Yeah. So and it's the whole ultimate Hawaiian trail run. So we do it in Kauai. We raise a bunch of money and help disenfranchise kids and safe havens and safe houses for kids in Kauai. Nice. So that's that happens every year. We've had like 52 countries and thousands of people come run it. Wow. It's really, really cool. That's one. Then I help with Enoch with Caddis on certain things, collaborations, that type of stuff. What else am I doing? I'm working in the gaming world. So I work with, uh, was working at a company called Ultimate Gamer. Now I'm working with a gaming team called Furia out of Brazil. So one of the, one of the most interesting things in gaming is so gaming means uh, gaming, gaming like games. gaming teams yeah so I don't know if you guys if you're, you're probably not familiar with it and I wasn't until a couple of years ago well, not even a couple of years like 18 months ago so gaming teams are probably the biggest thing in the world right now so the biggest gaming team out there is a, a, a team called FaZe Clan and they just got a valuation of a billion dollars <laughs> we're so because, out of it because of they post themselves on do you on watch YouTube, YouTube, do you Twitch, know, Twitch, so, no, you watch ESPN now, and there's get people actually playing basketball gaming. It's gaming live. ESPN gamers actually playing basketball. God. It's that big. It's insane the amount of money that goes through this stuff. So fear. So there's them. There's hundred thieves. There's these gaming teams. 
So when I was working with Ultimate Gamer, I'd work with the guys at Western Digital, I'd work with the guys at Sony, and all these different things. There's Latin America is not represented. People of color aren't represented very well in gaming. So Furia is a team out of Brazil, and we're going to launch in America. And we just got a valuation of like $85 million. What? Yeah. It's just because, launching? Because yeah. you have... We have the best team and in in, in our interaction and people that follow the teams. And, and when we do launches and drops, they sell, they sell so much money. Like, you, you'd be crazy. Like, are you familiar with the Milk Boys? We're so so milk, milk, milk boys is like, they're, they're um, I know the island boys. <laughs> so the milk boys is we already went through that. So they have the, they have the podcast full send. Okay. So they have they do so Dana White's gotten really behind them. I don't know if you guys know, but Dana White's behind um, Ultimate Surfer as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Dana White's behind that as well. Yeah. So there's all this stuff that's happening with these young kids that are doing stuff in gaming, doing so. So milk boys is kind of like a a, a a red state jackass. When mm. I mean red state, they're like the kind of people who go to parties and don't wear masks and yeah. Yeah. do whatever they want. And there's like, there's a lot of people who believe that and they're, they're killing it. Like Dana White's behind him. There's there's all this stuff working on that. So there's that. And then I work with Kai Garcia on another company called General Standards making um, American-made t-shirts in America. Wow. So, Kyborg? Yeah, Kyborg. Kyborg's awesome. He's 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 probably, he's, he is one of my best friends, if not my best. Well, he he gives a lot back to he his gives community so much back. and like and and, and and keeping you know kids. Yeah. So he has a silk know. screening company. No, no, he does. He works with a guy named Jared Dugan, and they do a company. It's called the General Standard. And they make American-made T-shirts. So okay. I'm working with like a bunch of different so companies. Like blanks for people. Blanks for people made in America. Sick. So a lot of times, like when you go, I was working on this with surf shops. It's more expensive to buy blanks. So I just was in Arizona working with all the cotton farmers. I'll show you it offline. Just how how much. China destroys our economy. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's They're insane. They're handicapping us right now. Like, with all the backup, it's not us. It's Yeah, and I, I own a logistics I company and I still own my yeah. supplement company. We'll so I have all these other companies that do stuff. I have a really amazing 3PL, so if anybody needs stuff shipped. What's that called? 3PL? They're part of logistics. No, it's... It's called, it's called Mo Ship, Mo Ship Company. <laughs> Momentum. Mo what Ship. does that mean? <laughs> Mo Ship Company. Yeah. Mo Ship. Yeah, it's Mo Ship. It's yeah. in Utah. We have a 100,000 square foot building in Utah. Sick. So we do that, and I just I just have fun. Look at the entrepreneur that the the Habra kid, yeah. But it's just has become. Well, I just look at it from a lens of like, I've been really lucky. That's why I go back to I. I tell people this all the time. Do you know what I'm good at? I'm good at seeing the hole in the market space and filling it. Yeah. Like this, there was no cool reading glasses for for people over forty. Welcome to the new age, and Enoch and Tim Parr like Caddis has been. It's huge. Yeah. I don't really have to do anything. Enoch runs it and kills it, and he's amazing. And Enoch's, yeah. Enoch's been such an amazing talent for years from Electric and Billabong and the movies he makes. And yeah. There's, I just think it's like the people who... And Enoch just dabbles in the surf industry. Yeah. For me to dabble in the surf industry, I just don't think people would want to really listen to what I have to say because they're still kind of being cut from a cloth that I don't necessarily feel works anymore. It's it's got to be it's got to be shaken up again. It's got to be reinvented. And I look at like I look at guys like that's why I love Scotty Stopnik. There's a guy named Ian Gatron who lives down at my beach. They call him Gatosan. Say it again. Gatosan. He's this little white. Oh yeah, yeah. Ian Gatron. Right for Caton. Yeah. Kid's an amazing surfer. Scarves like another longboard kid. The thing that's unique about our area that's different than Huntington is, and Edie brought this up in the podcast. Like I've lived in Dana Point now for over 30 years grew up surfing Newport so 
so I moved my wife and I moved to Dana Point when we got married and I was 23 so I'm 56 now a long time so so you moved to to Dana that's Point from La, Habra from La Habra to Dana Point oh wow right to San Margarita then they get to Dana Point but we've been at Dana Point got there Good so yeah so my whole thing is like the uniqueness of Dana Point is or the uniqueness of San Diego we're, our guys probably won't beat you in a contest but they'll wax you on a longboard yeah every one of them is the gnarliest longboarders on the planet yeah because yeah. you surf creek all day it blows out and you just go down to offshore. you go 10 miles down and you're no, freaking 10 miles 3 miles it's right there well oh, not Dana no, I just meant like even Santa Santa but like yeah Doheny Doheny's offshore Do, Doheny Doheny's like, like yeah. Leo Carrillo yeah. Like if you're swell and it's offshore it, and it's blown west, yeah. it's straight offshore. It's beautiful. Yeah. Every kid's learning not like all my like idiot I was laughing because every one of my kids learned how to surf at Doheny. Yeah. Every kid's learned like Daisy used to run her surf camp there. Every Good. kid learned how to surf at Doheny. That's so Daisy Daisy Shane. Daisy Goodwin. Yeah. Uh, mine's wife. Yeah. So to bring it because we've been talking for a while. Yeah. So my whole thing is like to bring it full circle is I hope that the surf industry, board riders if you're listening. Bring the people back. We don't want to work there, but bring us back to consult to help you get things back on track. The industry, quote unquote, was what killed surfing. It doesn't need to be that big. Just trim it down. Stop paying athletes millions of dollars and start taking care of the kids back on the beach. Pay it back to the beach. Yeah. Because if you pay it back, every brand that I ever worked in grew because we paid it back to the beach. Like, yeah. And it's we don't pay it back to the beach. We're, and parents... Let your kids be surfers. Let them go out and compete on their own. You don't have to yell at them from the sand. Yeah, Larson. Yeah, Larson. Yeah, yeah Lardog. Yeah, <laughs> are you that guy? No, no, no. <laughs> He's not. But I'm on the beach, like, you yeah, know, but like, like, know, like, supporting like, my kid. But I no. love Yaden. Yeah. Like, I, I surf with Yaden all the time. Because yeah. I surf ocean. My son moved to Oceanside, so I surf Oceanside all the time. And it was, Desi, we're praying for you. Desi's getting, Desi. Desi's getting to his cancer. He's doing good. Oh, great. So, so it's like he's doing, he looks great. He was ripping it. We, we awesome. just interview, interviewed Zanadu. Zanadu. So yes. De- Desi, we, didn't get, we didn't even get a Desi story yet. Yeah, yeah Desi's, he's, yeah. so it's fun for me because like I surf with Desi, Jamie Stone. I still write, I actually I just got me, I just got a new board from Timmy Patterson I'm really excited about. Sick. But I normally get boards from chemistry and then Tara Rambo. Do you guys remember Brad Rambo? Yeah. So Brad Rambo is like, we ended up being, his son Taylor Shapes. Does this, he really? He made me a board, dude, that is magic. It huh. is wow. absolute magic. What kind of shapes? It's like, like a proper shortboard. His brother, huh. Brandon, his, his younger brother, Brandon, rips. And mm. the Rambo brothers, the Rambo kids rip on surfboards. But Taylor's like, he let, he's like, he made me a board. And I got it. I was like, holy crap, this thing's amazing. And then I surfed with Carter from um, Timmy. Because I used to get, ride Timmy's all the time. Yeah. And then Carter's like, dude, get a board from Timmy. I'm like, oh, and then I got one. So I just, I just got it the other day. I and, that, and, that, and, that's, and then Tim Crozier, he makes all my mid links. And that's what's killer Quite is cool. like, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Like, you know, part of our, you know, conversations with our guests is, you know, where you grew up and what surf shop and the surf culture and, and it's the surf shops yeah. and, you know, local shapers and, you know, like give, you know, making sure that like we're supporting all of those yeah. like you have you know, companies and all these people because we come from That's what the we industry. I we told Christian Fletcher the other night because I so Christian Fletcher Jedi mind tricked me and gave me one of his boards for a thousand dollars like five years ago. He's like, Let me see your board. We ride Moe's. He goes, I'm shaping. I'm going to make you a board. I'm like, oh, Okay. And he paddled out like two weeks later. He's like, Your board's done. You owe me a thousand dollars. I'm like, What? <laughs> what do you mean? 
<laughs> it's a collector's <laughs> item. No, so I got it and I didn't ride it. I'm like, this thing can't. Have you seen them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. So I got it and I'm like, this thing can't work. Then I wrote it. I'm like, holy crap, this thing works. Does it, it works really? It works. I mean, yeah. some people, it doesn't. works amazing for me. I ordered another one. Then I ordered another one. And they and work? Oh, they work. They work for me. I yeah. love them. I, I seriously, some people yeah. do, some people don't. They work. Does I it love still them. charge you a thousand bucks? Uh, yes. And I, I would gladly <laughs> play it because it's Christian. So, and now he's getting like, but I have the original Mike Maldonado ones, the um, motorcycle guy and him doing them together. Yeah. And so <laughs> my son has one. He loves it. And then Justin from Botchons, he was riding to like, no disrespect to Chris Christensen because he's an amazing shaper, but people try to get like, like guys who start surfing, they get those mid-length single fins. Yeah. And they go, why aren't I surfing? I go, I surf good and I can't ride that board. Yeah. That's a hard surfboard to ride. Yeah. Like those like, are. What tuner like rides? I can't write it's, it. It's not a, yeah. and, and this, this pain, you know, tribute and homage to, to Joel Tudor. Like, you know, he rides boards that he's spent three or four decades mastering, you know? Like, I just can't ride those boards. Like, yeah. they work. He knows how they work, but you, you're talking about the easy ride. Yeah, the guy who goes you know? and buys a single fin, I'm like, what are you doing? You're, not, you're going yeah. around to surf. No, you, so, you want the twin with the little trail. You want a yeah. loose and fun, so, fast. Justin, he's a good surfer, and he. My son had a Christian Fletcher board, and my son works in the Botchons. And I, I'm, I was going up. I surf on Salmon Creek. I didn't the other day because I pushed out because a guy got eaten by a shark the day before, or a couple days before. And I was like, it's so crazy. I'm like, I'm not gonna go. <gasps> and I just told totally, tail between the lake didn't go out. So, but my son gave Justin a Christian board to try, and then Justin tried it. It's like fell in love with it, and my son gave him the board, and then my son didn't have one. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Where you're going to Hawaii, and I'm like, I want to get my son one of those. So I finally tracked Christian down. I'm like, dude, I know you got one. And he, so I got a board from him, and I'm like, Christian, dude, take care. You are a national treasure. Like, you are so. Christian Fletcher, to me, is so vital to surfing. Yeah. It, it's like. The Fletcher family. They're, they're yeah. all like, yeah. there's so many people like, like, they're like Archie. I love Dino. Yeah. Dino. Like, have you had Dino on the podcast? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Dino's. Oh, I love. There's just. Like, yeah, and Archie. Like having, yeah. and I love Archie. Like looking at those guys, and like, and I loved what Edie was talking. Like, I, I, so many of those guys I sponsored, and I had the opportunity to work with, like, you know, and see, and, and it's such a blessing to see where we're at now. Like, I, I text back and forth with Shane all the time because I just think Shane is like epitomized how Dorian. you, how yeah, how yeah. you give back. Yeah. yeah, how you like sit on the beach when the waves are kid and film your son. How you take all these kids on trips. And guide them, and, and he's just—I was a with, great mentor. Yeah. He's a he's great involved, mentor. He's invested because he's got a kid, but it's like I'm just not going to do it for my kid. But I'm he's more involve, fitness in hunting than he is in surfing. I'm going to yeah. involve like Joe Rogan, all, all the best of the kids in Hawaii or <laughs> but, our group. Yeah, know. but a lot more than Joe Rogan. Like I have, like I work with some other some knife American-made knife companies. Josh Smith, Montana, my, Montana Knife Company, and there's I met him through a guy Neil Kamamura. Neil Kamamura is the best forging forges the most beautiful knives in the world. So I'm, I don't fanboy on anybody. And this happened because of Botchons. So we do stuff with food, and I'm like, we got to do something with Neil Kamamura because he makes the, the best knives. It's insane. He's from the Big Island. He was on his story's incredible. Could, I want all these people you, to sponsor the podcast. You could cut, a, you could cut down a boar <laughs> in like 10 minutes. <laughs> no, he's like, Little, he could take a knife and just drop through. I mean, and they're just, anything. Yeah. So I fanboyed out on him. I was like, Okay, with Botchons, we need to do a thing with this guy, Neil Kamamura. 
And he's like, I mean, he's got like almost 600,000 followers on Instagram. I mean, every, like everyone, he makes the most beautiful knives in the world. So I DM him. Of course, he doesn't return. And then I look at whoever follows him. Like, okay, Shane follows him. Healy follows him. Everyone follows him. And I'm like, oh. So I call Shane. And Shane's like, ah, oh, dude, I feel weird. Like, I don't want, you know, it's like, yeah, because he's like famous. And I'm like, dang it. And then so I call Healy. He's like, I know, he follows me. I'm sitting there. And then so I call CJ Kanuha. Because then CJ's. Sick. The oh, villa? Yeah. The villa? villa? The villa? The villa? Not, there's no shame in the game. The villa was like, I got you. Yes. Put us on the text right away. Sick. He's like, and then the guy reached, so I talked to the guy, I sent him the sauce, and I, and I'm like, and he's like, the sauce is amazing, his wife's a chef, and um, he's like, the sauce is so good, tripping out, and then so he's like, oh, okay, well, that's how we're going to figure out we're going to do something, and the next thing I know, my phone's blowing up, and it's Neil calling me, I'm like, I'm in a meeting, I'm like, I can't, I'm in a meeting, I have to call you back, and I pick up the phone, he's like, bro, I know you, you and our boys, my wife used to work at CrossFit Kona with Shane, you, I've worked out with you, I used to have short hair. You and I have hung out like a, six years ago. No, no way. way. He's like, dude, I'm in. Like, what do you want to do? And I'm, you know, like, I'm all, it was rad. So like, and now we're like super close friends, but he's introduced, introduced me to another guy named Josh Smith who does Montana Knife Company. And then another guy, Josh, um, I don't remember blanking on his name, but he does um, 1620, which is all American made workwear, guaranteed for Wow. Life. So everything I try to do now is it's, American, I, American made. It, yeah. it really is vital to me that it's American made, because I feel, Amen, brother. Yeah. I feel like if it's not made American, I'll, I'll, offline I'll show you this thing I did with the farmers, and, and I went out and spent a bunch of time with cotton farmers in Arizona. So I'm, that's kind of the stuff I'm doing is like going back and like to what I did with surfing. I'm going and talking to farmers who make cotton. I'm going and talking to these guys like all the sauce that Justin does is made in America. Like in, in he went to co-packers like you have to make it with water. He's like no, I can't break my grandmother's recipe. And it's the best. It's the best sauce you're ever gonna have, and now it's killing all Whole Foods. We're in Kroger's, like, and it's, it's blowing up, and it's rad. Sponsor the podcast, bro. Hey, we love to eat, and we need a good sauce. I, I love yeah. sauces. Yeah. The sauce will blow your mind, dude. Yeah. All right. So that being said, we've talked way too long. We could talk all night. We could. <laughs> we, we could. Do it. We could do it. Hey. We could do an episode too, anytime. Yeah, yeah. you know. I don't. Know. I just. I, I know you guys got little ones, and your, your wife's hiding in there. Because like he's like, we're coming to you. I'm like, I work at a coffee. Like I work at. I I love Hidden House Coffee. I want to give a shout out to my friend Ben, and just through COVID, it got a little bit less of a direction that I'd want to swing. Yeah. So it was like really hard to work there and masky and the whole trip. So it was like, I love it. I go there every once in a while. But my other friend opened a, a restaurant called Project Social and Coffee Shop right by my house so I work out of Project Social wow every day it's funny and I've made so many good I'm working with a really another good company right now I just started working for a couple months ago consulting it's called Mission Meats and they make the best beef jerky ever Ooh. it's beef jerky the podcast beef bro. jerky and beef sticks so <laughs> we love jerky <laughs> we love hot sauce I, the beef sticks <laughs> oh my god so dude like, so there's, a, there's but my, my, my number one priority of all that is God, family, and my kids. Yes. Yeah. And so, and then... Faith, faith, family, freedom. Yeah, and then freedom, for sure. <laughs> but, um, I it's huge mission music. And there's a lot of really cool stuff that's happening out there. Well, good for you. And anybody yeah. can help yeah. any... Like, on the podcast, if you need help with your businesses, find me on Instagram. Because yeah. I, I love helping people. It, it, I mean, our, this is a an outlet and a, and, a, and, a, and a gateway to just share people's stories but also support like small businesses and people and, and we'll promote the heck out of anybody that's cool yeah, and like minded 
and good products. And I'm super proud of you guys. Yeah. Like it was because I, I was busting Lenny's like, oh, I got have another podcast. I'm like, I've heard that. Yeah. Because I've been on a few podcasts. I've been on some really fun podcasts. Yeah. Like uh, my friend um, Mark Bell, he's, he's, have you ever seen the Powerlifter guys, the Bell Brothers? Like it's like. I know who they are, but So yeah. Mark's a really good friend. He's a gnarly Powerlifter because I was in the fitness space for a while. And he was like, I want to have you on my podcast. That was the only non-powerlifter to ever be on his podcast. That's awesome. But it did really well. Like people were super stoked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got. I mean, a crazy interesting story. And oh yeah, you I know, mean, like where you've come from, La Habra, you know, La Habra, McKnight will love yeah, that. La Habra, and then you know, like you know, doing everything you've contributed to our industry and in surf, but then just calling it quits and and then going after your your passion, and what makes you yeah, happy, think, yeah. but not. Straying away from your roots, like you're you're a surfer at heart. I surf every day. Every, yeah. you know. I surf, I surf more than I ever have. I mean, I'm lucky. I have, I have an amazing wife. I've been married to for 32 years. Congrats. I was telling Lyndon, I drive her crazy because everyone thinks I've made all my money in doing this stuff. I made all my money selling houses. I've yeah. moved nine times since I've been married. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how much equity do we have? Time to move. Yeah. She's like, where am I going to go? But now I wouldn't move because where are you going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Everything's super expensive. It's, I mean, it's so expensive. It's so crazy. So but crazy. Like we're looking at like what you guys are doing, like just yeah. I mean, you're all the moderate podium. You're, you're. I mean, you're still like one of the most powerful and great surfers out there. Hear that, Lennon? Bro, hey, I, I want to <laughs> end on this. I've never beat you in a heat, but yeah. I beat Saxon Impreso and Doug Silva. What? what? And those guys were in my heat, and Preso goes, "You always bring that up." <laughs> Every time I see him, because I help, I help on um, Preso get um, Nathan Florence on FCS. Nathan yeah. Florence is. Uh, now, like uh, him and Billy Kemper, those are guys. I love those two guys. Yeah. yeah, and I mean they're they're making a big a big push, and they're you know they're doing it. Yeah. So yeah. okay, let's wrap it up. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I want to hear the wrap. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Four and three and two and one. And when I'm on the mic, the suckers run. We got Paul Chief. <laughs> uh, we're just gonna Chief a go go. Yeah. No, it's 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 incredible to hear inspirational stories of guys that we know that we don't know the the history and when we get to sit down and listen to it firsthand it's like fucking I'm 47 I, I think god I'm old dude I, well, awesome. but I'm just saying like you are old Lord. no I'm old I, I mean, said I'm old no, no for sure we're old, old, old but I mean I was probably like 13 14 when I'm like you know we're all just piling in on the weekends at oh, whatever yeah. event up and down the coast for an NSA and yeah you know Paul was intimidating yeah but like just because he was an elder but so generous and yeah. like was this again like we're all whether we're on the same team because that was the, we're in the same tribe we're in the same track we're yeah, all, and, you know. and, and a lot of a lot of team managers work that way and yeah. and for sure and they were just like oh it's, i'm like yeah i got the company card i can pay for you yeah i'd be like who, who i don't <laughs> care and that's you know, that can't, that was that was a culture that bob hurley really yeah bob was and, that guy yeah, yeah. bob like at, at quicksilver it was, it was, Quicksilver was very USC, yeah. culture-y. This, Bob, well, Bob, well, Bob Hurley was just was like such a giving person. Well, Bob McKnight had a vision of yeah. like where he wanted yeah. the brand to be and, and his... Yeah, he took it from Greeny and ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Bob is, the other Bob, Hurley. Hurley, is a surfer shaper at heart, genuine dude. They're both, everybody's yeah. amazing. Those guys are freaking incredible yeah. but I mean, he, we we owe a lot to those oh yeah forefathers of our industry that 
have kind of paved the way for everybody else to thrive. There's one guy who's I've, I've listened to the podcast a lot, and I haven't heard his name mentioned a lot, but he made everybody's life amazing, and I miss him every day. And that's Larry Moore Flame. Oh yeah, he's been brought yeah. up in our our podcast a, a few times, depending. Yeah, yeah Flame athlete, Flame but. Flame was like. Yeah, he made everybody's ballser too. Yeah, yeah. ballser did uh, all those. All those Puerto Escondido trips, Balzer, I paid for you. <laughs> I bought your ticket, and you bailed out on me in the last minute. That's it. That's Whoa, a, that's the kind I, of investment I, I, I would put in my career. Smart market. Yeah, when this is off, I'll tell you some Puerto Escondido stories of kids I fired for not paddling out. Yeah. Oh no, for sure, real deal. Oh yeah. Let's, not Mikey Todd. Not Mikey Todd. He's gonna die. Oh, He's yeah. gonna die. Where is he? He's paddled a half a mile down to like surf a left by himself. Mikey Crazy kid. We love him. Um, right. We're done. Thank Let's go. you. Let's end it. Thank you for yeah. sitting down with us, Paul Chief Agogo yep. from La Habra, <laughs> the hood, the barrio. Yeah. And, and like I said, no BS not, guy, straight shooter is one one of the best. Not very many people from inland become an industry titan, you know, like and. Yeah. It's crazy to think that you were part of the the success of the Billabong with the pump and filthy habits, and then transition. You know, you were on that ride with the Hurley momentum generation, momentum, and the music. yeah, momentum generation, and and infusing music into the culture and elevating really, you know, what the sport looked like to to the masses, yeah, right, and to the athletes, and the athletes, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff that was done. Yeah, and and, and you're continuing to uh, foster entrepreneurship and young brands. Yeah, yeah. young people doing fun stuff, dude. Well, you like look, you guys, you look good, and, yeah. and we're still got white hair. Yeah, well, I have no. You've hair. always had that though. Y'all <laughs> had, had really long, long hair. If I if I grew it out, it'd be white too. Like you know, but yeah, hey, you, you know. have a you, look good, you have a good head though. <laughs> I did. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, um, let's stop this. I can tell you a funny story. Paul, we will. <laughs> Chief a go go Gomez. Gomez. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Peace. Peace. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You can also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. <laughs> Fuax is the best Ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo Wax. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams, for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.